Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the No More Wasted Days podcast. The podcast that sounds like it's motivational, but then it turns out we spend most of the time talking about butts. <laughs> I, I, I can attest to that. I got a question for you um, with everything that's been going on. Okay, this uh, the... just, uh, Deontay's joining me today. Oh, everybody knows my voice by I'm now. I'm pretty sure everyone's going to so I didn't it. even think I needed an introduction. You've on three times now? This is the third, yes. This is the third, okay. It's Deontay the third. Uh, but unlike the third Shrek movie, this is going to be a good podcast. Um, hey, Shrek the Third. It's not a, it's not the worst movie. Oh, absolutely! In the series, it totally is. But I've only seen that, it once don't don't get series. me started. Don't All get right, me we're started. We're not going down that road. Oh my god! <laughs> um, have, is this the first podcast you've done since the uh, pandemic started? No, or, I think this is number five. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, this is the first one I've done with someone outside of the apartment. In person, I've, I did two, two, mm. two digitally. Okay, cool. Um, and they both had hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> that's so random. <laughs> the first, the the second one, we lost the entire first half, but that's okay. Oh, the second half was really where the bangers happened. Yeah, it was tragic. So, I'm sorry, okay. dude. Um, yeah, I was really reluctant thinking about doing a remote podcast because. I, uh, I don't have push to talk on Skype. I don't even think that's an option. And I live in a very crowded household. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just didn't want to put a background noise. You know, it's not professional. Yeah. It's not professional. I mean, if you have a headset. I've yes, had. Yeah. I do. Anyway. I do. So, um, I guess we might as well just get right into it. Oh, I guess we should set the uh, premise because this is going to be yeah. historical stuff. What What's this, the date? Today 29th. is May 29th, 2020. Uh, the riots are happening mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Yeah, crazy stuff. I, I saw pictures and videos of a burning building a couple of days ago, and I didn't even think twice about it. And then I realized, like, that is a riot. Burned down an entire apartment building. I just never seen that. Look like That's straight the crazy out of a, thing. Straight out of a movie. Like, an, an apartment building. Like, there's the police precinct, and there's the Target that also mm-hmm. all burned down. Yeah. But, like, on a, like people are going to be homeless. Yeah. Like... Yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, the scale of the riot is it's violent, it's big, it's uh, it's scary, and obviously I would not want to be a resident in that um in that area. That'd be absolutely terrifying. People burning down buildings, yeah, like you know, kids and safety. And I, I, I wonder, and I don't know this if there has been any injuries or deaths because of the uh you know the infernos specifically is what comes to mind. Um, but that is a, a stat that I, I do not know. I haven't, I haven't heard anything about that specifically. I know there have been like just generally minor injuries, mm-hmm. nothing severe. Um, I don't know if there's been anything related to the fires. Um, but that would be pretty awful if there. Were, I mean, just in general, people getting hurt. Like you just don't. You hate to see it. Yeah. Um, I should clarify. So yesterday I sent you a text that said um, one of my black friends unfriended me because I told him I have difficulty generalizing an entire group of people mm-hmm. based on the actions of a few. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes cops, right? Mm-hmm. He yeah. was basically for the past couple of days, he's been out there basically preaching like, you know, if you're not against cops, like uh, you're against black people. Yeah. Like, that's, and, no, and no, that's not the way he is this whole thing. And like, I've been thinking about commenting on his posts for a long time, but I never do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also saying like, you're against black people and like, I'm gonna call you out when this is all over. When, mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm gonna mm-hmm. call you out. You know, yeah. I know who you are. I'm going to call you out. I'm like, How righteous. it's like, 
I'm like, I don't even like, I didn't even know it was really happening until the night before. Yeah. Like I didn't know any of this stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, he's been very much like, he's an anti-social justice warrior, social justice warrior. Um, and anything at the moment, it's not just, it's not just being like social justice warrior for black people, yeah. which is fine if you want to support you. It's being like very anti-white yeah, and like racist toward like mm-hmm. talking like, like, oh, like this main ASS bitch doesn't know how to act and stuff like that. Like, you yeah, can't, you can't like if you said if you like started calling someone saying they don't know, like calling someone black and then following up with saying that they don't know how to act like it's. Yeah, you really got to, if you want people to take your argument seriously, you really need to articulate yourself well. You need to articulate yourself in a calm fashion. Um, whenever I'm giving tips, not like, in a coaching role, whenever I give tips to people about, you know, like conversation to debating, mm-hmm. not that I'm a debate coach to any <laughs> means. Uh, if you get emotional, if you get angry, if you're raising your voice, if you're using slurs, no one's going to take a conversation seriously, seriously especially in a Facebook post <laughs> argument, yeah. you need to be factual. You need to be polite. And if you are going to, you know, immediately generalize someone in your first response, no one's going to take you seriously, and you've just lost control of the conversation. I can't. I can't take you seriously. Well, I think. I think the thing that he was looking for is he was just generally looking to live in an echo chamber. Because mm-hmm. I didn't realize he had unfriended me until later when I tried went to go back to look at like exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just wasn't showing up in my notifications, so I searched his name up and it said "add friend." Oh, right. So he mm. responded to me, and then yeah. he immediately unfriended me. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because he responded with this whole thing, like, you know, my, I was technically talking towards like people who like appreciate black culture and music and food and all that stuff. First of all, if you like music outside of like classical music and country, you like black music, like jazz, rock, hip hop. Uh, uh, techno, electronica, all all originated from black communities. Really? Yeah. I was not familiar with uh, techno and electronica. Neither, Sarah and I found out uh, last week on the podcast because I googled Dang. it. Because like I, like I was thinking like most like music mm-hmm. comes from the black community. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I I went back and like he he had this whole long winded response to me and also uh. His black friend loved my comment. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> you got the support there, brother. <laughs> like, the, the, the crazy thing to me is like, I mean, on the one hand, people keep telling me I'm, if if my opinion is not 100% support all black people and all cops are bad, yeah. um, then I'm against black people. Yeah. But like also a lot of these people, they're all white. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's the unfortunate state of politics in general today. There's so much... Um, I guess tribalism is the word that I've I've heard flung around. I, I think that's the right right word for this. It's an absolute agreeance with someone's side, or you're absolutely against them. Yeah. And there's no there's no anymore. there's no room for you know healthy debate, healthy conversation. There's no room for for learning and conversing and finding middle ground. If 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 we choose to act like that, if we choose to be absolutely one way or absolutely the other there is no in between and uh yeah unfortunately that is a um i think a sickness that comes out of i think most recently from the uh from the elections in what yeah. was it, 2016 yeah. it's uh it's been very tense in in any debate online yeah anywhere it's just 
and it's, tribal. it's all like not even just the black community but the whole community of let's say north america because that's mm-hmm. the only people that are paying attention to this it's the only people i pay attention and, to sadly enough <laughs> maybe mexico i don't know i don't know if mexico pays attention to what's going on there's like americans i don't know um it's so incredibly split whether you're white or black like whether or not these riots are an acceptable reaction mm-hmm. um and one i don't know if you've seen it one of the biggest quotes that i've been seeing getting thrown around is martin luther basically saying like mm-hmm. riots are the language of the unheard yeah right Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. However, that quote comes along with him saying he does not agree with them. And yeah. it's not the right way to improve the lives of mm-hmm. or to further your agenda, whatever that agenda is. I'm going to say something very controversial that I don't know what the right answer is. And I don't want <laughs> to believe and I don't want to believe because we come so far as a society. I don't want to believe violence is the answer. But, and I'm not saying this is the right way to go. I know violence has solved many things. Uh, It has gotten rid of the issue. Yeah, (laughs) violence has solved many things. The American, you know, the American Revolution, very violent. The French Revolution, overthrowing a horrible monarchy, very violent. Um, Was it most recent, like Russian revolutions, like... Revolutions in general can be violent, but they can overthrow they also horrible often, power. But I don't think that is. I'm not saying. I'm. I'm just putting words out there. I'm not <laughs> saying this is my. This is my angle. I know violence can create change. I'm not saying it's the best way to go about it. No, it definitely can. Um, as far as revolutions go, which I don't know of necessarily what this is. It's oh, often not on that scale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's definitely well sometimes followed up with equally bad leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know you use violence and force to get to a point, and then like now that's how you lead. Yes. Um, yes. And I guess I mean that's, I guess that's one of my issues with the riots is that the whole conversation, the whole conversation that the whole point that is being that is being made is that the use of unnecessary force should mm-hmm. be forbid it is unnecessary yeah right you should be punished for your actions yeah um and what happens when you get these riots and everything is you you shift the balance of power right which in itself is not a bad thing right it's a good thing you shift the balance of power you you put it back into the hands of the people yeah as it should be um but then the people just start using unnecessary force Mm -hmm. um against the police Mm -hmm. and Again, there are bad cops and there are good cops. Um, and the good cops should be calling out the bad cops 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and if they're not, then they're probably also bad bad cops. Yeah. The way I see it is a lot of these cops, they're driving around at 3 a.m., not necessarily in the riots, but and yeah. all around, you know, North America, not just in but just police in general. Mhm. It's 3 a.m. And they're protecting communities instead of being at home with their families. Yes. And whether that means, whether you agree with that, that meaning pulling people over for speeding or disobeying traffic signs, whatever, like they're not at home with their families mm-hmm. when everyone else is. Yeah. Um, and running up and smashing windows while there's people in it and kicking the cars and burning down buildings is, you know, you're you're taking you're taking the force that you're trying to not use and you're using it against those people and it's just 
you know, two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. No, um, I absolutely agree that two wrongs don't make a right. It's just, ugh. was it 150 years ago, you know, slavery is freed, and it feels like, I mean, to compare the 2020s to the racism in the 1950s would be stupid. You know, we're not at that point. We're far past it. But I cannot, I cannot relate because I feel very safe here in Canada, and I'm barely... You know, I'm barely suntanned. If anything, I'm like a I'm like a double double with three creams, a triple double, right? I'm I'm, pr- I'm pretty light. You know, I'm not gonna say yeah. I've ever had any issues with uh with skin color, but I could not imagine being down in the states, uh, being dark skinned, and it feels like every week, every second week, you're seeing another one of your own getting killed brutally. I could not imagine having that screen to me on my cell phone on the TV every second week. I could not imagine living in that sort of fear. And how many years Trayvon Martin, um, you know, I'm pretty shortlisted here. I don't know the names, but how, how many years, lot. every year, every month, there's something brutal that happens and it's all over the news. And they see that every month, every day. And they have to live with that fear every day. Obviously, some areas worse than others. And, and how long do you buy Black Lives Matter t-shirts and, and, and pick it? in front of the community hall. You know, how, how how many years do you do that before you get tense, you get angry, you know? And so I, I'm not saying it's the right way to go about it. It's like, I just understand and I sympathize for the violence. I don't agree with the violence, but I understand where they're coming from, just like you do. So, and yeah, that's that's kind of my just, thing. It's hard. What like, is the answer? I don't know. That's what, that's what, you know, Martin Luther King said. That's yeah. his whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. I understand why they're doing it. Yeah. I don't condone it. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's just a much more elegant way. The way he said it is a much more elegant way mm. of saying that. And I also think a lot of the reason why a lot of people have been were hammering on Jack and I on Facebook mm-hmm. um, was because we never clearly outright stated that we thought what would happened was awful. Yeah, like people like, and I guess both of us we just kind of were in the mindset that we didn't think we had to state that. Mm-hmm. Um, we were both like. Obviously, this this it, it was is it brutal. It was disgusting, and just like there's no words to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I think the fact that we didn't lead up with that, yeah, and just kind of said like, but mm-hmm. rioting, yeah. I think that's kind of what people are like. Well, if that's what they're looking at, clearly they think that this is what's going on is absolutely fine. And no, no, we don't. We think it's absolutely appalling, and. And as a quick side note, like you said, like living in Canada, we feel pretty safe. Um, or, I mean, I guess you, I, I can't say much on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, like, I mean, I have, one of the issues is that in America, any single person can have a gun. Mm-hmm. You never know if they're going to have a gun. Yeah. Whether or not it's legal in that state or not. Yeah. It's so incredibly easy to get your hands on a gun. Absolutely. Right. I also, as another aside to that aside, I think people should stop hiring cops shorter than five foot five. Cops? Five foot six, yes. Like, mm-hmm. cops should not be, you sh- it, there should be a height threshold. Yes. Because you get little man syndrome. And I think that's what happened to George Floyd. Because the police officer was quite short, was he not? I could not tell from the video, and I have not seen a full profile of, the, okay. of his body, but... Um... The dude standing next to him with the fucking just staring blankly at the camera, not saying anything, definitely looks short. Um, I think, short or not, I think a lot of the 
short man syndrome is just a an issue with power, a power struggle, yeah. and people abusing power. And I don't, th- I don't know if it has to do with height. I think it just has to do with mentality. And yeah, there's definitely could, could, there's so many variants, and height is definitely probably one of them because I know a lot of angry short people. <laughs> Love you, Julia. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, some people just shouldn't be allowed to get badges. There needs to be a stronger psych evaluation or yeah, whatever it is. I listen to Ro Jogan, and he he brought something really cool. Um, well, what would you think about all police officers having to do? Jiu-jitsu or martial arts, because I'm sure you can attest to it being a, uh, a jiu-jitsu oh, practitioner yourself. That 100%. It is, even though it's the art of breaking legs and choking, choking people out. unconscious, there is a level of respect and peace. I, I don't know how to describe it. it it's, it's really, there, there's something there. Well, you don't have resonates. to be afraid. Mm-hmm. That's, you do, like, and there's like, there's standing jiu-jitsu, which is probably what the cops would do. Mm-hmm. Um and there's like more traditional Japanese jujitsu, and there's self-defense jujitsu, you know, very specific things, not necessarily sports jujitsu. But yeah, like like you're saying, it you learn to respect what your body can do to other people's bodies. Yes. And you gain confidence in knowing that you can do something in a time of need. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think there's a level of confidence. Yeah, like like you mentioned, there's a level of confidence gained, and. A level of fear that you don't you, you won't have to carry around that fear what if i can't hold this guy down yeah and then you'll have to, without that fear you don't have to resort to tactics that are brutal you know like putting yeah. your knee on someone's neck and just beating someone with a club or macing someone like unnecessarily mm-hmm. right you can take control of this like you don't see a whole lot of really cocky shitty ufc fighters i in my There's, tenant of, of boxing and martial arts i've never met anybody with a big ego in any gym. And that's the other thing about jujitsu too, is it weeds out the shitty people. Yeah. Real fast. Yeah. It's a discipline. It's not a, I'm going to go learn to hurt people. It's a discipline. It's a discipline, and right? People with that shitty attitude usually don't harness that level of discipline. No. They're usually not willing to harness that level of discipline. Yeah. You should, you should have to consistently take six months of jujitsu to even be considered, I think. For a cop? Yeah. I was, I was wondering about what it, uh, appropriate amount of time is and i was thinking like 20 or 30 classes 20 or 30 hours seemed like enough to understand that stuff to me not in the the highest level but as a necessity to uh to gain that personal knowledge but ideally it's something that would go along for an entire if i'm thinking of rcmp they do six months of training in saskatoon i think entire six months of jujitsu weaved into that time uh i don't know would be very helpful but we two don't have that problem hour, up here. Two or, two or three hours a week. For, That's what I think, yeah. For, for, well, even two hours a week for 10 weeks, for Quick two and a half months, months yeah. three months. Wow. That's a lot of hours. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, yes, I think, I think it would probably prevent a lot of problems. It would mm-hmm. prevent a lot of people going straight from what, straight for weapons. Mm-hmm. And I think it would solve a lot of problems. Yeah. And, um, I understand from the police's perspective, not necessarily, sorry, definitely not the actions of of, this, of these most recent events, yeah. but I could, I've always wanted to be a police officer. Um, it's not my number one go-to right now, but it's always been a, a back thought, um, at times more of a front thought. Uh, if I lived in the States, I absolutely would not have any, any urges to be a police officer. And it's not because of the, the hate that they get. Um, it's just the amount of guns. 
I could not imagine pulling over a car and every time like, man, there's more guns in this country than there are people. What's this guy's temper? What's this yeah. guy packing? I could not imagine living with that fear as a cop. Yeah. That's why, yeah, I would never consider it down in the States, but in Canada, I know there's still a level of fear when you approach a vehicle. You don't know what you're walking up to. Mm. And I understand. I, I, I've, I've done a few phone calls with cops when I was thinking more about mm. going into it and kind of uh, just knowing some family friends and, and talking to them about their careers. They say there's there's a little bit of fear, you know, in that in that day to day, and it made me kind of sympathize for cops in general, you know, who, who walk up to the car, and, and and can often be on heightened alert, and that can lead to problems. And I think it's like you, we mentioned that level of confidence, and you have to have a level of fearlessness to do that job. Mm-hmm. And when you start to lose that, and you start to be, you know, grasping for power and feeling you need to do crazy things to have the power of the situation it can just lead to horrible accidents yeah, it's and I think like that's what we saw like how much self-defense do they even learn man the way they be flailing in them fights on the videos does not look like <laughs> they know much it's sad to watch like like two or three cops sometimes can't take down like one cracked up dude well to be fair a cracked up dude is like a mini superman he's like a little <laughs> little goku <laughs> and he be throwing needles at you like fuck Shit, man! Oh, man, I wonder what it's like to fight a cracked up dude. <laughs> Jack is all. Jack says he's always wanted to fight a drunk guy because apparently it's like when you're sober. Yeah, it's like fighting what like being in the Matrix because they're just like real <laughs> slow. <laughs> man, I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to be in a fight in general. I've never been in. A, I've never in a been fist in a fight, fight, and I'm proud to say that I haven't. Still, like, you know, I think it's the the primate in me is like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to prove it to somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do it. I, one of the reasons why I started taking jujitsu is because I kind of got tired of like seeing people do shit that I didn't agree with and then shying away. Cause like usually if you see someone just like <clears throat> pulling over and unloading garbage into the gutter and then driving away, they're probably a shitty person. Yeah. Right. And it's like, are they going to like try and pick a fight with me? Yeah. And like in my head, it's always been, if I get into it with someone, and they throw the first punch, I win. Mm-hmm. I have won that interaction. It doesn't matter if they like they punch me because they have nothing else to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I was like, okay. Where's he going with this? Like, does he does he you know grab the arm and do an arm throw? No. No. He, like, he even, wins on a level of into intellectuality. I don't even know if that's a word. I, I obviously don't have it. I, I think <laughs> intellectuality. It, it works. I'll allow it. It works here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You've 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 beaten them and they cannot respond in any way that will sh- show you up. So they mm-hmm. resort to physical violence. Yeah. Cause they're a lesser man. I would think to the, I've, I've been slowly like lately considering taking some kickboxing lessons. Uh, like I think, I think we talked about this on the last podcast or I know we talked about it. Kickboxing is such a great workout. Like what it releases from you and the feeling you feel after class and obviously similar to jujitsu. Yeah. It's just always rung a little bit more with me because you're hitting shit. Yeah, you know it releases such a such a nice sensation. Um, well, that that's the thing yeah. for me too. Just like I want to know how to throw a punch, and I want to know how to take a punch. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to know like, you know, I could I could you know dive at someone and do like a double leg takedown and take once they're on the ground. It's you know, I'm unless they're they know jujitsu, I'm probably going to be dominating that fight for most of the time mm-hmm. but like you know sometimes if i just need to pop a guy yeah like that yeah, would... 
throwing a straight right hand, the biggest thing I can tell you in two seconds is throw straight. Throw straight. Just throw straight. Don't throw Don't throw wide. Right in the nose? Right in the nose. Boom. Yeah, that's... Like mm-hmm. a rocket. Keep the shoulder up to protect your chin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bazooka. Bazooka. My, my friends who are really into um, kickboxing came over a couple months ago, and they brought all their pads and everything, and we went down into our gym. Before oh, you got a us. gym here? Yeah. Oh, lucky. It's it's a very small like hardwood floor section of the gym, mm-hmm. and we, he they just like had their pads and we punched and we kicked. I cannot mm-hmm. kick worth shit. Oh, kicking is does not come naturally to anybody. <laughs> you, you your first Sarah class, you look kicking. like a fool. Sarah was good at kicking. She can't throw punches though. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, I would, yeah. I'd much rather uh, jujitsu punching. Anybody has a puncher's chance in a fight. Nobody has a grappler's chance. You don't hear a grappler's chance. Once you're on the ground, like, you know, the experienced man wins. Yeah. So if you ever get in a fight, take it to the ground. Take it to the ground. Nobody, yeah. nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah. Mm. Get into mount, side control, take their back. I forgot what your favorite uh, submission was. I'm curious again. Mine would be the triangle choke. Triangles are fun. Yeah. When you can lock it in. Yeah. Um, I've only successfully gotten one a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um. I do like a good old-fashioned rear naked. Yeah. If you can get there. <laughs> it's that sink. Oh, it just sinks that, right just, in. You're just in there and you just go. Oh. <laughs> you just oh, get that, miss you, it. You just get that little inhale, right? Yeah. Or if you're, I really like uh, if you're doing gi, because mm-hmm. I mostly do no gi, yeah. Ezekiel. Ooh. That's, you, you sneak your hand underneath their head yeah. when you're in mount. Yeah. You grab your the cuff of your uh, of your gi, of mm-hmm. your lapel, of your shirt, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, and then you take your other hand and fold it over the top of their head neck. So you're kind of using Is the pressure coming right here. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. And then like you kind of come up and you like you bring your arms parallel and you basically just slice into their neck. And it's if you can land it right, it's a it's a very very tight blood choke and that's very satisfying to do. again if you can land it i miss i miss me my boxing i miss me my kickboxing the worst part about all this pandemic is just not being able to do the things i love and i feel like that's obviously i'm lucky to say that's the worst of it and that's what's yeah. been for me but i miss getting punched in the face <laughs> goodness you, gracious you were, you were getting back into boxing before i was getting back into boxing dude Shit, i was going three times a week fuck. each class is two hours like the workouts there are pretty vigorous. Yeah. They'll probably call me up. They'll probably if they hear this, oh you bet you think that's tough. <laughs> no, they do forty five minute cardio session at the beginning of each class. I'm used to one hour classes, let alone the first forty five minutes being cardio and then another hour and fifteen mm-hmm. of actual boxing and technique. Uh, yeah, I really like it there. It's Maple Ridge Boxing. Um, yeah, in the heart of Maple Ridge. Anyone listening <laughs> who wanna try it, Maple Ridge Boxing is amazing and the coaches are great. Um, and I've gotten the privilege of sparring a uh, very talented man named named Sabri. He's actually a national champion in his respective weight. Um, I don't know. His, I don't actually know his weight class, but yeah, he uh, beats the crap out of me. There's he a beats lot of the crap a, out of me. There's a lot of fighters that come out of the Lower Mainland. Yeah, Lower Mainland's uh, it's pretty lit. There's a lot of jujitsu schools around here, like a lot. Yeah, jujitsu. It's 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 if I had to yeah put my kids in one class, it'd be jujitsu. Um, I'm proud to say there's a lot of jiu-jitsu around here. I think discipline like that is just good for kids. I very much believe that if and or when I have kids, 
I will put them in some sort of martial art. Mm-hmm. Not like not like taekwondo, not like karate, mm-hmm. something that's applicable. Yeah, um, I do agree. Uh, it'll give them confidence, but I also think it'll prevent them from becoming a bully. Yeah. Because if you have confidence, you're not a bully. Yeah. I think that, yeah, great power, great responsibility. And once kids learn that, they, I, I just, I don't know anybody that goes headhunting, you know, with their boxing skills mm-hmm. or their grappling skills. I just, yeah. I just don't see it. And so, yeah. There was a, there was a, there was a black belt guy who uh, killed someone. Oh, God. He killed a man. It was unrelated to jujitsu. Mm-hmm. He killed someone. I think he killed his wife. Oh. And he, he like went across, he was, this was in America, and he went to a different gym, like on the other side of the country. Uh, and he showed up and he was like, I'm a white belt, right? Um, and he was started training at this gym. And he was like choking out brown belts. Yeah. And then people were like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. And then they Googled him. Like, and it's like, that's how he got busted. They called the cops on him. <laughs> Dang. Did he use his ah man? No, I don't think it's I don't a bad think disguise. I yeah, he fucked up. Yeah, like you don't like. There's not a whole lot of high level black belts out there. There's not no. And they all know each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, God, imagine being a black belt in jujitsu. I've been doing it for two years. I'm still a white belt. My 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 my. I we I've actually been doing like video online jujitsu classes. Mm-hmm. My school's been doing that. Um, Ascension? Yeah, Ascension. And, uh, um, yeah, I like it there. I do miss the crew at my old gym. Mm -hmm. It's because it was smaller. Yeah. Um, This was on in Maple Ridge, right? Yeah, this is the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, in the Nogi classes, the biggest ones were like seven people. Here, there's like nogi classes with like sixteen or seventeen people. Oh, that's large. It's it's big. It's it hot in the summer. It's hot. Oh god. It, we're in it. We're in like a. Oh, we're, I miss that. We're in like um, not quite industrial, but like kind of commercial complex. Yep. So it's like, and a lot of gyms are. Yep. Um. So it's just like a big old garage door mm-hmm. on the side, and I haven't been there during the summer yet, but it's coming soon. And I'm not looking forward to it. And they don't. When, have do you know when they're reopening? Next week. And are they going to be? Are you guys going to be able to grapple, or is it going to be more no, of a bang? No. How are you going to do jujitsu without? That's a tough one. I know you can do boxing, kickboxing, hitting, not pads. You can't even do pads um, with the regulations, but you can hit bags. Um, you can do shadow boxing. Um, do you have any idea how you will be like practicing jujitsu? I don't know. So what? What they've been doing? Like, I mean, doing it here. Sarah just helps me out. Sarah's my dummy. I can flip her around and stuff. Smart dummy. Um, and <laughs> yes, a smart dummy. Uh, and, sh- and in about a month, when the restrictions lessen, then they'll be saying you can bring in your significant other to grapple with and to train with. But right now, they've got. But you like, still have to. You can't grapple with the strangers. No, no, because they've 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 got like they've got like sections of the mats taped oh. out, and you have to stay within those sections. Sorry to all the girlfriends who are dragged. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. That, that's oh, that's just a weird thing. That's just a weird thought to me. Bringing your girlfriend as a dummy. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. Well, it, I mean, in all honesty, like Sarah hasn't really been doing it, but it's it's free classes for the other person. Yeah. Oh, right. It definitely is. Um. So. Yeah, uh, I don't think I'm going to start because all their classes are still going to be streamed. Yeah. Uh, so I'll still just stay home and do it from home because mm-hmm. then I can just do it with Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I, I kind of want to 
do some more kickboxing. My jujitsu classes, I'm sure I've said this before on the podcast, when I was in Maple Ridge, um, the nogi classes, sometimes the, uh, the instructor would just lose track of time and we'd always start with warm up and we just do grappling for the first 45 minutes. You just like rounds. Yeah. How how often were the how sorry, how long were the uh, the rounds? It wasn't even rounds. It was he just playing music and be like, "All right, guys, go." Fuck. And you just go and go and go, and then he'd be like, every five to ten minutes, like, "All right, guys, switch up your partner," and you go join another yeah. partner. And that. like, then it's like, then it's like, there's fifteen minutes left of, cla- left of class. It's like, "All right, guys, let's do some let's do some technique, let's do some drills," and everyone's like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> It's, uh, <laughs> it is, it is, it is a workout. It is one of the best workouts. Any any form of grappling, much more than than stand up fighting, is a crazy workout. You just never prepared. Yeah, and it's like, I like nogi because it's faster. Mm-hmm. But it'll also kill you, because gi is like because you can just kind of get into like locked up modes and just yeah. kind of struggle for just an inch. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's not. It is still incredibly tiring. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about nogi where you add the speed to the intensity. <laughs> you want to get back into Jesus? <laughs> I. You know what I miss the most is high school wrestling, and I'd say wrestling is probably the best foundational martial art, in my opinion. In relation, oh, to when MMA. I when I do in relation to MMA, when I do jiu-jitsu with wrestlers, it's game over. They're they're so tough. There's so much pressure. I don't know where it comes yeah. from. All all <laughs> UFC champions, like eighty five percent. I say that's a very accurate number. Eighty five percent of them have a strong wrestling background because there's a certain grind and ethic that wrestlers have. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say I have it. I, I wrestled casually in high school, but there's a certain grind and ethic that. Um, high level wrestlers have that is just like almost unmatched in any other sport it's unmatched in any sport oh, I forgot where I was going with that but that's what I miss the most and I wish there was an outlet for wrestling specifically and wrestling tournaments that is outside of high school and college because it, there's no wrestling schools there's jiu-jitsu West, schools West Coast uh, they've started a wrestling class on Sundays that's actually that, that's dope wrestling because is, is they great. don't because the nogi they they don't do a lot of stand up, mm-hmm. so they kind of focus on you know obviously stand up with wrestling. Yeah. Um, uh, so they do, they do hour long classes on Sundays to support like the nogi. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I wish there was tournaments as well, and if you know what, if there is something out there, I would. I would. Do, do you ever check, like, uh, community centers and stuff? There's so no. much shit going on in community centers that people don't know about. I'm gonna write that down all the time. You know, the only thing I've ever done in a community center was a Mario Kart tournament back when I was uh, 12 years old, and I won 25 bucks to EB Games. So <laughs> if my track record is correct... You're just going to win that. Community. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to show up. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing you could do, that you could do if you wanted, is you could start a wrestling group. You don't have to be the instructor, but you could, you could manage the bookings and... Um, you could reach out to the community and say like, Hey, like we're looking for a wrestling instructor and we're looking for people who are interested to mm-hmm. just learn to wrestle. Yeah. I've thought about it. Just, it doesn't work with my, my schedule, but I, I, I there was a short period. I, I can't even say period. I, I probably went to about four or five classes. Um, 
I went back to MRSS after after I graduated and not, I wasn't really much of a coach, but more of a support and and being there for the bigger guys on the team as a uh, an extra sparring partner for wrestling. Mm. Um, I love coaching. I love development. And one of my big one of my goals in life is to open a martial arts gym. And I've thought about starting not wrestling but a boxing group. Um, it's like cheap classes, ten bucks a class. I want to teach people the basics of uh, of boxing stuff like that. But you know, down the line, that's something way down the line. Um, but yeah, I'm not opposed to to starting a group like that. And uh, yeah, no, that's that is in my future. Martial arts groups. There, there is, there are often like. Self defense classes and stuff. Yeah, they're just like they're not like recurring. It's like, come in two hours. We're gonna show you like how if someone grabs you, how to get out of mm-hmm. you know just simple things like that. So I, I would not be surprised. If, like even if it's not in Maple Ridge, Port Coquitlam Mission, I wouldn't be surprised if you could already find something some like casual like intramural wrestling or something. Yeah, I, f- I feel like there's, you know, there's there's a lot of people that want to learn. You know, punching and kicking, and they want to give it a shot for four or five classes. They're not necessarily ready to commit to a gym, mm-hmm. and there's a, definitely a certain level of intimidation when you walk into a gym because you're wa- you're walking in there and you see people sweating, <laughs> yeah. breathing heavy, and 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 kicking the crap out of bags. And you know, I feel like there is a uh, an audience out there for people that want a room of of six, seven, eight people and a soft spoken instructor who's friendly. Everyone else is new, and I feel like that's uh, an audience that I'd want to target as someone in the future who will be an up and coming trainer. And just getting a small groups like that, and that's something I uh, that that's definitely a step in the journey I want to take to eventually, um, you know, when I'm ten years down the line and I'm definitely in a better spot financially and have for funds like that. I'd love to open a gym. That's that is my dream. That's, that's my one dream. of the that's one of the other things about gyms as well is that like. Specifically, uh, jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, martial arts gym. It's just uh, the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Is it's not? Mm. It's, it's something that like I I heard about it, and I was like, oh, I know what camaraderie is. Like I'm sure it's, but it's just something that you won't find yeah anywhere else. And I, it's because you can only get so close to someone without trying to kill them. <laughs> And trusting someone enough that they're not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, Definitely. Like, I, 99% of the people I roll with could kill me if they wanted to. Yeah. Right? Um, they could break my arm. They could break my legs. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But they don't. Yeah. Right? And that, you know, that's something that I feel like I kind of miss in the gym I'm going to now. Yeah. Is because because there's so many people mm-hmm. like I don't go really go to gi classes anymore yep because there are so many people there isn't even room to roll yeah sometimes um, uh, and because there's so many people I feel like you kind of you kind of start to lose that a little bit yeah um, but at at the old gym when I show up and it was the same the same five six seven guys two three times a week yeah it's just you know and like even me, who's like super shitty at jujitsu, like I'm real bad at jujitsu. Um, you know, nobody really judges you. Everyone, you know, they're like, "That's how you do, right?" And I definitely felt that at West Coast, smaller classes, but that com- camaraderie, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. And the gym I went to following, um, still great, a lot of great. Like everyone was great, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I'm just realizing that now, because like, there was. 
quite a lot more people. Classes might have been up to 15, 20 sometimes, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, four to eight. Um, definitely a little bit less of that sense of community. Yeah. Um, not in a bad way. because uh, Like, it's not... I guess the way I worded that sounded like it's bad. It's not a bad thing because it's a bigger community. There's more people that they're reaching and I think that's great and everyone was very friendly. But uh, yeah, that deep camaraderie that you feel with you know, a smaller, more intimate group setting is, is very real. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most, I think one of the most intimidating things I've ever done was my first jujitsu lesson. Yeah. Is when you're like, all right, we're doing warm up. It's like attack me and you're like, what? What? Yeah. What am I doing here? And if it's your first class, you've never been in that same <laughs> before, like there's a grown man on top of you. Like you're you're in full oh, mount. His face like a missionary. There's a dick on your face. You don't really, you're like, you know, he flips over and you see you feel his nuts slide along your hip <laughs> and you're just like, what is, <laughs> but you get over it quick. Yeah. You get you know, over it quick. My little brother um went to one jiu-jitsu class and he was very uncomfortable. Um, He's also like 13 at the time and. I reckon he never really I never really pressed it but I reckon it was because of how physically close it is um, and I wondered uh, if that might have been it so go to headphones yeah there's Sarah's headphones I was just making sure you're still coming through clearly am I coming through yes can you hear me audience <laughs> you're, you're still coming through okay because there was that one time the first time you were on where you were oh. really quiet <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just not a no more wasted today podcast without a technological hiccup I have wanted to go back download that podcast and figure out a way to balance the audio because i really like that podcast mm-hmm. there's there's a there's a nice essence in the air a little bit of that you know good old canadian cannabis going it was just it was a good it was a good three hours i had not, I had not talked to somebody for three hours straight in a long time up to that point um it had been a long time since yeah a good conversation like that and yeah, gotta figure out a way i can balance that audio without having to separate each individual clip of my voice that would take forever it would take a long time it would take a long time but you might there might be some sort of software that you can do it it is it is it is a single track though yeah yeah it is who knows who knows yeah sounds like a problem for a smart guy that's that ain't me that's i don't know you don't give yourself enough credit yeah you know i definitely downplay myself <laughs> I don't know. I, I never went to uni. I never thrived in science. I never thrived in, in English. But I think mm, those measures and the measures of, of high school and grades don't capture a lot of things that people. They don't capture, you know, art skills. I'm definitely no artist, but they don't capture that. They, they don't, don't capture, capture people skills. They don't capture people skills, which is, I think, where I thrive. They don't capture, you know, persona, like, persona. Oh God! Yes, yeah. Totally not an English guy. <laughs> they don't capture how personable you can be, how well you can relate to people, how well you can coach people. They don't, you, you can't mark leadership on paper, and I feel like that's you know kind of the the realm that I want to take in in my career. And I'm proud to say I'm I'm proud of, of who I am, despite you know the lack of uh, certificates. I mean, the certificates. Will come university later. is, I will say, as someone who spent seven years going to university, university is kind of a joke. People should only go to university if they're 100% certain they're going to university. Mm-hmm. Whenever people tell me they're going to university and they're just doing general studies, they want to figure out what they do, it's a fucking joke. Stop wasting your time. Stop wasting your money. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Get a job. Make some money. Maybe move out from your parents' place or, you know, go and pursue something that you love, whether that's art or just martial arts or self-teach yourself, you know, start a business, you know? 
if if you're not into what university has to offer, then you're probably not into what university will get into you after university, right? Yeah. Like, well. and also, I also genuinely think the only reason why anybody should ever actually go to university is if they want to get into the STEM fields. Um, mm-hmm. Like, going to university for art has always seemed a little silly to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take art classes. You can go to, like, but, like, I don't know. Paying thousands of dollars and spending four years of your life to study like the theory of art. Yeah, I think I don't know Jack. Or the history of art, and I mean, I guess if that's, but you can learn that stuff online. Mm-hmm. That that stuff is super easy mm-hmm. to learn online. There are a select few that want to go to university just to expand their knowledge, and I know my aunt is one of them. Um, she is she's something really inspirational to in me. That if if she won the lottery tomorrow, she'd drop everything and apply to full-time SFU courses. How and, old is she? Um Oh, god, if I get this wrong, I'm getting again <laughs> I'm getting a, a beatdown when I hear <laughs> I think she's approaching 50. Okay. She totally looks like she's 40. I once, love you on Deb. Once you I think once you become a senior or at a certain age, you can go to university for free. Mm. I think that's a thing. I think oh, wow I feel like she'd know that because she's one of the smartest people I know she's absolutely actually absolutely the smartest person I know um I see how it is sorry <laughs> <laughs> no she just she got this balance of of people skills like I think she uh, like a private investigator she's done like interrogation courses like she's super smart now she's in she's in bylaw um but that doesn't oh yeah she's she's super smart but she's just and any subject we talk about, she's so bylaw? well articulated. I know. I feel like she. What is bylaw? Bylaw officer. Oh, bylaws. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and like she, you know, she was uh, further in, into the field at, when she was younger, but you know that that's uh, she's. I think she's in the Pitt Meadows. Um. Anyways, yeah, she's definitely the smartest person I know, and she's she's the one who's inspired me to make sure that I I, I pursue. Um, I pursue school at one point and, and, and use it to my benefit and I'm also against the whole general studies thing and she definitely would not advise that um, I think when the time comes around I'm going to take a, a business course if it will further my job if it's going to get me a six figure for a, a company I want to work for or perhaps not even go to university and take some you know um, strength and oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Personal, personal training you know, and and work that into knowing how to coach people, being able to legally coach people, and then have people pay like money for some six month courses. Yeah, perhaps, and then being able to coach off of that, and then you know, just opening off a gym off my own, uh, off my own business skills. You know, you don't need to, you don't need a degree to open your own business, no, you don't. but you probably need some sort of certification to coach people and take their money to you know learn martial arts from you. Um, but anyways, I don't know what my plan is, but. Certificates will be had. You're still quite young. Oh, yeah. In the meantime, I want to save money and travel. Like, traveling to me is the education I want the most. Mm-hmm. I want to see culture. I want to see the world. I've got a friend. He's he's my age. Uh, 26. Uh, he is the wisest person that I know. Uh, I would say not even at our age. Just the wisest person that I know. Um, he has... I'm sure I've told you about him before. He has spent four months uh, in South America and Central America. 
He has spent cumulatively a number of years in India and China. He hiked from India to China through the Himalayas, other way around from China to India through the Himalayas. Solo. All this is solo. Wow. And like when, I mean, the hike entirely wasn't solo. He just hopped from group to group. Yeah. Uh, he went to UBC for anthropology and he did a six to eight month research study um, traveling with a nomadic peoples who lived in the Himalayas. Um, Holy. He's spent time all around Europe, Greece, Italy. He lived in Australia for a year. He's 26. Um, what is anthropology? Uh, it's the study <laughs> of humans. Okay. Um, where humans came from. It's kind of the study of human society. Mm. Um, not mm. in the same way that like social studies. Anthropology, I would say, is a subsect of social studies. Okay. Um, so kind of a little bit more ancient humans, mm-hmm. I guess I would say. But does a lot of it, um, I guess, play out into... I think there's a lot of societal... I mean, it's an undeniable fact that societal structure, even though evolved at its core is the same in almost any time in history, you know, in terms of power at the top, people yeah. in the middle, pyramid, working class at the you know, bottom mm-hmm. and all that. I think a lot of it is you know, translatable, but well, I think it's, there's things like, uh, like hunter gatherer groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, t- to my understanding, like those kind of like, uh, large family units, they might have like a shaman or something. Mm. Um, but it's usually just like elders, right? Yeah. The oldest people in the community are the ones that everyone looks to for mm-hmm. advice, right? Yeah, and that, that's definitely totally upside down. Not upside down in the wrong way, but yeah. different from you know the pyramid of which we, we live in, mm-hmm. in in our society. And you know, I don't think one is worse than the other. I think what's most important that people are peaceful and happy. And yeah, I I, I have a lot of respect for for tribes that are still, you know, have chosen not to. No, participate participate in, in the globalization and the, the modernization of, uh, of the world and you know still stay true and still stay um, isolated because um, that's where they find their peace I think there's a lot of I have, I have just not a lot of respect they're probably that. a lot happier probably you know I feel like a lot of us struggle to find purpose and I think um, a lot of people that live a quiet life I, I don't know if nomadic is the right term not literate. Uh, um, nomadic would be people who don't live in one specific spot. All right. They travel around. All right. Well, the homies that are still living traditionally. <laughs> peace in the moment. Peace in life. Just happy to exist. Happy to be part of the earth. Well, you don't it's, have it's so much beautiful. shit to worry about. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. I, you know, we... Dropped a lot of worry and dropped carrying on both social media i don't post on facebook i put a occasional picture on instagram but i just it's I've, it's all bullshit to me i've been posting a lot less on facebook mm-hmm. really ever since i moved out from my parents place mm-hmm. been a lot less posting on facebook mm-hmm. um there's just the thing is to live this life of a safety box mm-hmm. within a giant community like massive like the lower mainland Canada like there's so many boxes we have to check papers we have to sign Mm -hmm. to pay for even just financially to 
get what we have Mm -hmm. um this level of uh physical security i guess yeah um and uh again as an aside uh a lot of people go to zoos and they say oh these animals would be so much happier in the wild you know they're they're living in these cages it's so depressing well take care of them right those are animals die young in the wild for a reason Mm -hmm. um if i told you you could either go live uh in sub-saharan africa and all you're allowed to take with you is one pair of underwear and maybe a sharp stick Mm -hmm. or you could continue living your life now the way it is which one would you choose yeah that definitely uh definitely here like no 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 debate (laughs) like uh, you, you just threw my whole understanding of um, animals living in an enclosed human set up space and, and flicked an argument my way that I've never considered. <laughs> the the key the key is taking care of them properly. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about those shitty zoos in China where everything's concrete and chain link. Fences. Oh yeah, I, like, I knew you didn't mean that. Give I, give I them know, space. Sure. They get food, guaranteed food every day guaranteed clean water every day veterinary checkups like the whole nine yards mm-hmm. right even even if i said like let's say let's say you lived in this area and this apartment building and then that field over there and then everything on this side of the river i know you're not really familiar with it mm-hmm. um it's probably about, you know, um, Albion Park by where I used to live, that field there? Yep. It's probably about eight to ten times that big. Wow. Um, that space, there's some forest space, there's a river, mm-hmm. there's an open field, um, and you have your friends and your family living in that space with mm-hmm. you. Um, that's essentially what you get, like a lion in a properly enclosed mm-hmm. And, and they don't have a sense of scale of the world like we do. No, they don't. You know, Most of them are like, if, if I were to be kept in that space that you just mentioned, still very large. Yeah. Huge. You know, but I knew there was so much out there to see. Yeah. I'd be, that'd be, that'd, it would feel still be like jail to me, but I'm a fan. You know, the, uh, the grizzly enclosure at Vancouver Zoo. Yeah. Huge. Massive. And you go there and... Ten, you never like, see it. You never see the bear. <laughs> you never see the fucking the bear. bear. has a whole forest behind it. It <laughs> may be enclosed. It may be controlled, but the bear has huge space. The bear huge. doesn't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And they fill four liter tubs, like ice cream tubs, with mm-hmm. like berries and yogurt. Mm-hmm. And they give them these frozen blocks of ice, of yogurt. Uh, and I don't even get frozen yogurt. It's <laughs> bullshit, right? It's, called, it's, it's a term. It's called enrichment. It's used in animal care. It's it's going above and beyond the basic care. It's giving mm-hmm. animals things to do to uh, stimulate them and giving them luxury. That's that's beautiful. I am not a fan of the lion enclosure. I just don't feel like it's that big. Man, those lions—they don't give a fuck. I gotta show you a picture. They don't give a fuck. There's a male lion there with three females, and like. I gotta show you a picture I took of this line. Uh, give me a second. I'm gonna be scrolling back here. Um, it is not as big, of course, um, but they do have an inside and an outside. Let me see. August 2017. A little further. A little further. It's definitely 
strides, strides above those pictures you see of the cement zoos in China. And I would also assume, you know, what I've never been, and I've actually never seen photos outside of the animated movie Madagascar. Um, what what a zoo in New York is like. Um, it's definitely not the worst. I I would love to know your opinion of SeaWorld. Look at that! Look at that lion. Oh, fuck! He looks pretty happy. He's a house cat. Oh, he's showing showing his balls he's, to everyone. He's totally smiling and giving a thumbs up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a stressed out lion. No, definitely not. I um, mean, yeah, he can't chase after food and stuff, but, like, when was the last time you hunted for food? Oh, dude, this pandemic, man? It feels like every time I step in a safe on. <laughs> like, what are we getting today, boys? You no, know, I guess I haven't hunted for food. I've had to hunt for toilet paper and freaking hand sanitizer and hand soap. I just want to wash my hands. Man, it sucks to have been out of that stuff before the pandemic and just actually needing it just in your... You know, your regular mountain, people hoarding it. Anyways, I'm not going to go off on that <laughs> tangent. Uh, I wanted to ask you, in the subject of animals in these enclosed spaces, but, you know, the Greater Vancouver Zoo, having some, some decent spaces, especially for the, the bear, um, it, it's definitely luxurious, if I had to say anything. Um, but in contrast to SeaWorld, uh, specifically the whale enclosures. I think it's fucked up. I mean... Whales are different because they move so much, mm-hmm. right? Um, do I agree with the not being allowed to keep um, cetaceans at the Vancouver Aquarium? I don't agree with that. I'm not familiar with anything you just said, okay, so, so I'll need you to elaborate. Cetaceans are essentially um, dolphins, and okay. I think whales in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Belugas, I think belugas are a type of dolphin. Uh, belugas, orcas, mm-hmm. um, dolphins, uh, porpoises, uh, they're not allowed to keep them anymore. Um, and I don't agree with that because the only ones that they have are ones that cannot be reintroduced to the wild. And that's what I was under the impression of. So I was very surprised when I heard they weren't allowed to keep them because I was certain that the ones they had there had been rescued or were incapable, as you mentioned, of living out in the wild. So if... Because the people who make the laws don't know because there was so much protest and the people protesting didn't know. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know what the people were protesting, but there was such a big protest and a big push to not Mm -hmm. allow it. So you know what they did? They just ended up sending them to some other facility. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, because they can't go back in the wild. Yeah. Um, you know, the, and the other, the other, the other really bad thing about it is it um, provides so much funding for the other, um, so much funding for the other. What's the word I'm looking for? The other locations of the Vancouver Aquarium that people mm-hmm. don't know about, right? Yeah. The Vancouver Aquarium that you know about is the public front facing end. Yeah. Right? It's where they get all their money. They've got marine mammal rescue centers mm-hmm. uh, across the coast. They've got research centers where they um, research marine mammals just to better understand them, whether it's just through, like, how, understand them socially, biologically, all that. Um, but, 
So I, I'm pretty pissed off with that decision because it was a decision that was not based in any science or rational thought. It was just a decision that was based off of emotion. And there's that, definitely consequences, as you mentioned, because the revenue that was made from people attracted to coming and seeing the dolphins, coming and seeing the belugas, mm-hmm. that, that lost revenue takes away from these other other sectors that are doing good. Yeah. They're doing and good. The other thing, too, is they could do research, um, not like biological research, but uh, social research and um just kind of understanding the way um, these animals use echolocation and things like that mm-hmm. on the animals at the aquarium, mm-hmm. right? Um, obviously, you need all the approval permits and animal care. What the, the, the amount of hoops that you have to jump through to do any research on any animals is ridiculous, and people don't know that. Yeah. Every single research animal that I have met in my life, mice, rats, guinea pigs, birds, are care- cared for so much better than most of the animals that I know that are cared for as pets. Yeah. Um, uh, so because you can do research on those animals that are in captivity, like those dolphins and whatnot, they could get funding, like even if it doesn't have anything to do with the people coming to see you, apply for grants and whatnot, right? For different places that have chunks of money to give to researchers. Um so, you know, they lose that those that revenue as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as SeaWorld goes, SeaWorld was 100% a tourist attraction. Yeah. Um, I remember going there when I was 14 and I didn't, I, I def, I was, I didn't think I was familiar with veganism at that, at that time. <laughs> um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I got a fucking whale stuffy. <laughs> the killer whale show was amazing. I was in the splash zone. I got splash. <laughs> I'll never forget. It was it was awesome. They brought the, they delivered. They delivered. That's yeah, the splash zone was was lit. Uh, Yo, and I look back on it and I'm like, man, I can't believe I couldn't see that. It was right there in front of me. Mm-hmm. I seen the I seen the tank. I can't believe I didn't put two and two together and be like, what the fuck? Is SeaWorld the one in California? SeaWorld's the one in California. Okay, there's another one in San Diego. Have you ever listened to the Joe Rogan podcast with the guy from Ontario? Uh, there's Mr. Jordan Peterson. No, the, the <laughs> no, he has a uh, a sea lion or a, a seal or something. Like he that. has a pet. Well, he he was the main trainer of that seal at the at the one in Ontario. Oh, okay, I think it's the one near Niagara Falls. Oh, okay, and uh, he like basically whatever it's called, uh, Marine Land, I think maybe. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. Um, they're basically like this guy has spent millions of dollars, mostly from donations, just trying to get uh, this uh, sea lion out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just they're just being shitty. Mm. Um, I highly recommend listening to the podcast, those episodes of the Joe Rogan podcast. Joe Rogan, Ontario, or Joe Rogan. I think uh, it's Marine Land. Land. I think it's Marine Land. Uh, really good. Really sad. Uh, I think. I think. This the. The sea lion's name is Squishy, and the website is freesquishy.com. <laughs> There's a petition going around just on the subject of freeing people. Um, petition going around for uh, George Floyd. I have the name right, correct? Yes. Um, I'm going to share it, so if you have a chance, you know, share it. <laughs> do as you see Do as you see fit. Um Blue does. What's what's the Wales. what's what's the what's the petition for? You know, oh god damn it! Now that I think about it, I didn't really read it. <laughs> I think the petition. <laughs> I think 
bring George Floyd back. This isn't me. Ah, no. <laughs> I, I should not be laughing. The uh, I'm pretty sure the, the petition said, bring justice to George Floyd. That was the headline, but I'm not sure what said action was. Um, it was the most signed petition I've ever seen. It had 5 million signs already, which what? seems to significant. That's a, that's a significant five amount. 5 million? 5 million is pretty big. That's a lot. That's a lot. I, do, I generally don't sign online petitions. Mm-hmm. Um, I generally don't comment on any. For this first time I ever commented on a, a post regarding to black racism, and I'm not saying I'm, I don't feel shallow for it. I just never done it on Facebook because I don't have any. You know, I don't doing? post on Facebook. Like, well, who's going to see it? Yeah. And, and, and all the comments are already there. But this is the first time that I've actually felt the urge to write on that on that article page like this sucks this really sucks yeah. this this one really was the straw that broke my my camel's back for for racism i keep i keep hearing people use that phrase and i'm confused by it what phrase the straw that broke the camel's man, back man i thought i was the only one saying it no i've heard i've heard people use that phrase specifically for this incident really yeah um and it's a glitch in the matrix it's weird to me cuz i don't consider it a straw it's a brick, right? So the straw that breaks the camel's back is you keep loading hay onto the camel, and then you put one last little end, and then the back snaps, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, like if I guess if you want to say like you've just killed so many black people, there's like just one more, mm-hmm. like. Well, I then- think the same with mass shootings. Like at this point, they're just straws. The way that they they get they they rise and then become forgotten, they they're straws, and in, in the in the. Big picture things, unfortunately. Yeah, th- that's yeah. Mass shootings are like, I hear about mass shootings. And I'm like, oh, okay. And the crazy fucking thing is, I don't know if you had this experience. There was a mass shooting in uh, Nova Scotia oh. a couple months ago in fucking Canada. Oh man! But I am that was a tough week, man. I was not happy that week. I am so desensitized to all the shit in the states. When I heard about that, it just flew right over my head. That one hit me. That one definitely hit me because it was. I, I hear about the states all the time. I don't even blink twice. Um, oh, I, I give a thought, but I don't blink twice. Yeah, you know, yeah. this that one really really hurt me. I was down that whole evening. Uh, the next two days, uh, there was, it was, there was continuously coming through my mind, and I was just disappointed because I I always took pride in being the country that never had that shit happen. Yeah. And and that now we can't happen. now we can't do we can't say that anymore. Yeah, and I I was just ashamed. Yeah, it sucks. It really, it really sucked. Um, but now they're taking all the guns away. Now they're taking all the guns away. And I think that's ridiculous. Like, I'm not a gun guy. <laughs> I don't own a gun. I don't. I, I do. Don't don't cross me. <laughs> I should not disclose whether I do or do not. Have, but all I can say is I'm not, not really a gun guy. I, I, I've been to a shooting range and it's fun. It's fun um, as fuck. Expensive though. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Um, but from my understanding, and and this is I see this referenced. By multiple police officers posting videos and just knowledgeable people in general seem to say the guns that cause crimes and I, I would be safe to say and confident to say like 95, 99% mm. of gun crime happens with an illegal gun. So if you ban all the guns or, or the guns from these legal, responsible and usually respectable gun owners, you are not changing anything. You are not changing a single thing. It is an emotional response to a tragic event, and I don't think the ban on some of the assault weapons is necessary because I don't think it will change anything, in my opinion. So that's the thing. There's already 
serious restrictions on guns in Canada. Yes. Like the thing is, the thing about America that I think what the the discussion of gun control mm-hmm. that nobody ever fucking says is education. Like in Canada, uh, to own guns, just to own a hunting rifle, take an eight-hour course. If you mm-hmm. want to own uh, a shotgun or a pistol, like a semi-automatic weapon, you need to take an additional eight-hour course. That's 16 hours of training, 16 hours of education mm-hmm. before you're allowed to own a gun. I think that's excellent. Right? I think that's absolutely the way it should I be. I don't think you need any more than that. And nobody ever fucking talks about that in america nobody ever talks about adding like that that additional layer of just like you need to you need to prove that you're willing to put the time in to own this thing yeah right and maybe if you maybe if you want that gun that goes if you want that one maybe it's an extra eight hours on top of that. Mm-hmm. you're not taking away the guns you're not doing any of that mm-hmm. people already have them you have them great but from here on out you need to prove to me if you want to buy this weapon, that you have this card, a little plastic card that you receive that says you've done this thing, mm-hmm. like a driver's license. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I do agree. I think the argument that would be made against that um, that angle um, would be that, like I've mentioned for Canada, the majority of gun issues are happening from illegal guns. But I think in America, there is a large enough issue with guns in general even stemming outside of illegal guns, that that should be necessary. And but I think the, that weeds out a lot of people who just want to have a gun. They're, they're, but that's the thing, though. You're just talking about gun crimes. You're not talking about the little kid who gets hold of a gun and actually does, accidentally shoots his mom. Yeah, and I, I yeah, that, that well, to me, I, I, I did. That's actually one of the yeah. most prevalent things. When I think of illegal gun issues, I often think of younger kids getting a hold of parents' guns. That's actually yeah. one of the most... Notable ones at the top of my head. And so I did have that leaked into yeah. to gun issues. But I think that happens enough that where those gun courses should be mandatory because I think people would think twice about where they're storing it. I think there's a lot of less kids who would be able to get a hold of their parents' guns mm-hmm. and go, you know, do something stupid at school. I feel like I feel like that is a solution, a part of a solution for, for the states. Um, or and, and yeah. incorporating incorporating like some sort of education on how to talk to your kids about guns, mm-hmm. right? Ah, yeah, but like, if my don't... parents can't give me a proper sex talk, I don't think I get a proper gun talk. <laughs> I can't get a proper drug talk. I can't. <laughs> it's, it's just, like, it doesn't like, happen. Mom, I need to know about <laughs> pussy. <laughs> Oh man, I, w- I was a, quite a sheltered child, and I had to figure out stuff on my own. But <laughs> thank God for no, the internet. I, I know the you know where my parents are coming from, and I don't think there's necessarily a wrong way to go about it. I think there's better ways to go about it than others. Um, but I think there's a there's a very forgivable range of parenting approaches. You yeah. Know? And if you're working within this range, your your, your kid's gonna turn out okay. And sometimes okay is the best you'll get, and yeah. that's fine. Okay is much better than bad. The most fucked up thing is when the school is like, "Hey, we're having a professional person who talks about sex come in to talk about the kids. Are you chill with this?" And their parents are like, "No." Yeah. Here's here's yeah. The... That was my mom. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh no. That's rough. Yeah. Cause so here. Here's the crazy thing. So in America, I've said this a million times on the podcast. In America, uh, the way it is, is movies get rated highly if there's tits 
and loathe there's violence. That's just how it is. You can watch people get blasted around, but the second there's a bare-chested woman, you're looking 14A+. Yeah. Right? Um, if there's, like, you know, nudity, 18. Like, more than just, like, a moment of nipple, mm-hmm. 18+. plus. Yeah. It's, it's the other way around in Canada. Violence is rated highly. Sex mm-hmm. is rated low. Mm-hmm. Right? Interesting. And here's the thing. Pretty much every single person is going to have sex at some point in their life. Yep. Very few people are going to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. So why are we sheltering people from sex? Yeah. I personally think, and this is something that I do not necessarily act on. Uh, I don't act in a way that agrees with this belief. Mm-hmm. But just nudity in general needs to be much... Needs to be... Respected isn't right. Like the the fear of nudity and the fear of sexuality really needs to be removed yeah there's a stigma around that and i think we're coming around i think we definitely as you know society to generalize there's still a lot of issues we need to tackle um, again there's a balance between i don't know it's hard because especially with, dudes are horny and dudes are <laughs> dudes will fucking objectify shit man and i think there's there's a balance i don't know where it is i don't know where the line is between but some some women some women want that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard because I don't know what percentage and how do you how do you how do you I think it's something that will just evolve naturally over like, time. Yeah. I don't think it's an immediate. So shift, in but. Canada, in Canada, anywhere in Canada, you're allowed to walk without a shirt on, a, a man or a woman. You can have your tits out if you're a woman. It's legal, 100 percent legal. Yo, Linda. <laughs> women, women still, women still don't. Mm-hmm. Right, but there's this whole fucking thing around um, an Assassin's Creed game that came out of couple years ago um origins yeah uh, is the one in egypt okay where what they did is they uh they took the engine and they built like an educational thing where like your character walks through like an ancient egypt an egyptian tomb or something and uh there's like text and i think there's a narrator like teaching you about ancient egypt and there's hieroglyphs on the walls um it may have been the one after it in Greece. I'm not sure. But there's like hieroglyphs on the walls and uh, there's nudity in these hieroglyphs. To be released in America without getting the adults only tag, they had to cover up the nudity with something. And it's drawn, it's wall drrawn yeah. hieroglyphs. And statues. Dude. But you, this the, is a game where you're jumping around stabbing people in the neck. I went to the fucking Native Museum in grade three in like Kitsilano or something and there were wooden statues. These native statues had big dongs. Like whatever. Get it's it's it. part of life. It's crazy. It's just a dong. It's insane. It's just a titi. You know, it's no biggie. Yeah, but <sighs> like like just uh in Europe people are much more much more chill about that sort of thing. Totally. About nudity. And like I'm just one of those things where I'm definitely like I don't act out on my opinions, but like, I do think that like as a society, we need to, you know, and I think Canada does a pretty good job. And this is kind of like, love it here at the end of the day, like, and this kind of one, one of the things about the whole riots and everything that's going on, going on in Minnesota, uh, is that, um, you know, there's a lot of people in Canada who are talking about how much it fucking sucks to be a black man in Canada. I want, like, I have 
and I have a, I have a fair amount of black family. My dad's black, and um, we have a lot of family in Surrey, and I, I I've never asked them if they've ever you know encountered stuff like that. I, alongside my dad, I don't feel like my dad's in the lower mainland. He's never told me about any experience that he's had that has been negative. But I do recall a time where we were up uh, past a hundred mile house, and there was an incident with someone yelling something at him, and, and that it dis- disheartened me. But that mm. was a long time ago. It's um, also in the hills. Pardon me. <laughs> it's in the hills. Oh yeah, it's definitely in the hills. <laughs> like, not that yeah. it makes it okay. It's the Alabama oh, yeah. of 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 BC. of BC. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I I can't relate again because I'm not I'm not very dark. Um, I wonder what issues. You know, I guess I guess the, 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 Canada in, in general yeah. the, the the reason why I say that specifically is not to say that uh, racism doesn't happen mm-hmm. um, but maybe I'm just not hearing about it but I'm not hearing about black people being killed by cops all the time in Canada I don't think um, I can recall a single time I've heard that um, outside of the you know just the number of people just being killed by cops in Canada that you know it happens um, sometimes occasionally it wasn't supposed to happen there was an incident of like a 14 year old kid being shot to death on a bus by a cop a few years back and i can't even remember if he was black he might not have he was just mm-hmm. might have been a cop using stupid force and you know i see a lot of posts um from black people and white people and a lot of it is like the whole like white privilege thing because i'm white i don't have to worry about walking my dog i don't have to worry about going to the grocery store the corner store to buy candy i don't and like there's this long list of like you know it was like then it was like hashtag the name of the the person who died and every single one of them was in the states yeah um and again like obviously you're watching this and as someone who's a, a person of color um or i feel weird saying person of color because it's just colored person in french are you French? Are you? Are you? ES, you're not ESL. No. Okay. But I Spanish, French, all the Romance languages. There's no um, ED. Um. There's no ED. You, you, it's, oh. you say the thing of that, right? Yeah, yeah. So person of color is just colored person, but flipped around. Anyway, um, person of color. Um, Thank you. <laughs> does colored person bother you? Bother you? No, I'm just. I like being acknowledged. <laughs> I never felt black enough. <laughs> Uh, enough about that insecurity um where was i even going with this what was i just saying um fuck i hate that (laughs) i hate when it was such an important point too because now i just sound like i'm racist um you know you're no joe biden okay (laughs) (laughs) you ain't black if you don't if you don't vote for me you're not black um (laughs) that's just have we lost it? Uh, Have we lost train of thought? Uh, it was okay. So, okay, all those people uh, were in the states, mm-hmm. and it's just you know, again, maybe I'm just not paying attention to it, but like, as as a black person living in Canada, or like white people too, like these issues just don't happen here. So. And I, I get that that's what it was. I get that you're watching, as a person of color, you're mm-hmm. watching this shit happen. And mm-hmm. it's like, fuck. You know, that that happened to them just because their color of their skin. And that is so fucked up. And I've got that same skin color. So, 
am I safe? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and I get that thinking. Uh, and it's one of those things where you, you take that emotion and then maybe because I'm not feeling that emotion, I'm sitting on the outside and I, I will never understand what that emotion is. Mm-hmm. I can say, I can point to the stats in Canada and say that doesn't happen here mm-hmm. um, to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, and say, well, maybe the reason why you're upset or you're uncomfortable is because you're reading into it. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and that maybe you need to either stop watching so much news um, and probably stop because, you know, the whole thing about social media becoming an echo chamber, feeding you what you want to feed yeah. here. Um, you know, just kind of take a step back and start focusing on Canadian news. Instead yeah. of American because I love Canadian news. Uh, America's biggest export is culture. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just how it is. Yeah. Right. Um, and there's, first of all, there's not 24 hours of news a day. There's not. So CNN has to fill up a lot of their shit with, um, opinions mm-hmm. that they sell as news. Yeah. Um, where if you want good news, you got to watch local news, the one hour news shows, mm-hmm. right. Um, global national global Vancouver, you know, what have you. Um, uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's racist of me. Maybe that's bigoted of me. Maybe that's uneducated of me to say this stuff doesn't happen here. So these, these Mm -hmm. things that you guys are worried about, um, not you guys, but these people, (laughs) (laughs) you people, (laughs) um, the thing that, that the people that are saying these things are worried about, they don't, they don't happen here. Yeah. And then I, I come in and say, hey, that stuff doesn't happen here. And people are like, you're just racist. You'll never understand. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not under, like, living in Canada, maybe you're under threat of having bigoted things said towards you and stuff like that. But you're, as far as I can tell, no more likely to be killed than I am if I walked to the grocery store to get candy. I think statistics are very important, and although we may, uh, people may feel a certain way because of the states is right around. It's literally right there. It's right there. It's literally right there. I can and, be to the states this, in twenty five minutes. Horrible. Yeah. It's and it's also Washington, horrible. which is pretty low key. Mm-hmm. But. Oh yeah, Washington's not not bad if you're it's, in Seattle. It's the most liberal before Oregon, mm-hmm. <laughs> after Oregon. Oregon's that liberal? Oh, it's just Oregon has legalized mushrooms. Shit. Yeah. Oh, I gotta go to Portland. And California too. Yeah. South, South no, the Pacific's California. just dope in general. Um, it's because it's the youngest no place on Earth. Oh, okay. Huh. I did not it's, know it's that. It's the last place colonized on Earth. Oh, I see. I see what you mean by that. Yeah. Um. I don't know what I was gonna say, but it was gonna be good. It was statistics. I think statistics are important, and I hope people can disattach from yeah the echo chamber that is their newsfeed, and you know, know that things are good here not things i'm not saying it's perfect society but you know we're very lucky that canada is what it is and i'm proud to i'm so proud to say that i'm canadian i am so proud and and like i think a lot of people hear me say this and they think that i think that racism doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. and that's not what i think at all mm-hmm. racism all of course racism racism exists and i mean i think the sad fact is that racism will always exist yeah um and for for a couple reasons um one because uh you look at someone who looks the same as you and look someone who looks different than you and you're just generally going to tend towards uh someone who looks the same as you yep um but also because we're living in these echo chambers where like with my friend i said something that he didn't agree with instead of sitting down and talking to me and educating me with what his opinions and what his thoughts are he unfriended me Mm -hmm. right 
he he said some shit to me told me that i was wrong and then uh he unfriended me and that was the end of that conversation mm. uh and he wants to live in that echo chamber because when i went and looked back at that uh at that post that he made it was there was about 25 people uh black and white saying black lives matter uh white people saying i'm going to do better i'm going to try my best mm. and again all these people live in canada all these people well most of them as far as i can tell mm-hmm. um and you know i don't know if i consider myself an ally i'm not out there like protesting for for black people and what have you right but i i don't dislike black people mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, d- I don't know where i fall on that spectrum i guess i would say like i'm not <laughs> i'm not i'm not like hardcore like spending all my free time figuring mm-hmm. out how to end racism mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I'll, and maybe your answer would be different if you lived in the states and you felt maybe 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 not. And there's no right or wrong answer. Maybe you would feel an area of responsibility. Maybe you wouldn't. And but obviously up here in Canada, and even for myself, having a little bit of of, of pigment in my skin, I've never outside of signing a petition. I, I I don't know. I don't. I've never bought a Black Lives Matter T-shirt. Never considered it. And I think it's because I live in a community where this stuff doesn't happen. Although it's so sad to see in the States, it's not an area of which I have much or any influence at all. If this were going on in Canada, you'd probably see me outside of the community hall, give, you know, helping a brother out and, and, and putting my voice out there. But because it doesn't happen here, I've never taken any action because I've never seen a need to. And I feel like that's probably where you fall. Yeah, I. that's pretty much it. I don't. I don't feel like there's any... Like in my community as Port Coquitlam, in my community as Vancouver, in my community as mm. BC, and even if you want to go as large as Canada, I don't feel like I need to get out there and say all these things, right? Mm. Yeah, and even though it's horrible down in the states, what what there's not a lot I can do to to affect the states. Yeah, and I I I, I pray, and you know my my thoughts are with the people that are doing that, and I have a mass amount of respect. For the people that are out there trying to make a change, ideally in the least final way possible, and you, know, you have my respect and, and you have my my spiritual support, and I mean I feel like that's the most I can do, you know, given my position and still having to fulfill my own responsibilities in my own community. Um, I feel like that's the most that I can do. Yeah, and sign I, a petition. You know, there's... <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what that petition be. was about now. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll send it over to you. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean I I guess that's kind of all we have to say about that. Um, I hate echo chambers. I hate them so much. Have it, you ever been in a canyon though, and just yelled <laughs> out really loud? It's a good time. It is fun. It is I don't fun. think that's the echo chamber you were uh, referencing to. No. Though. Yeah, I don't like just um, people shutting down. I was having um, multiple conversations that um, basically mirrored the conversation that Jack and I were having with Julia yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, simultaneously last night um was it a heated night on the uh on the old facebook uh not for very long um maybe for half an hour or an hour which is definitely way too long to be heated on facebook i <laughs> definitely recognize that and i don't feel like i ever got incredibly heated um mm-hmm. uh but there were a lot of people that were just like um if you know if you're not, you know, if, if you don't think that these, if you think that riots are not the right way to go, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, then you're racist, mm-hmm. right? 
um, and just I have when the thing that I was saying was that you know I don't think the rioting is you know it it's going to affect the community for a really long time. Yeah, and maybe maybe it'll bring the community together. I don't know, but you know you got to rebuild. Yeah, right. There's taxes involved with that. It's you know people are going to be homeless, mm-hmm. um, and the reason why. I mean, I I don't want to speak for Jack, but for me, the reason why I was saying those things is because I don't, I feel like that's the thing that people have differing opinions Mm -hmm. on. I would, I hope this does not haunt me down the line. I would feel very comfortable if in reaction and, and this has nothing to do with color. If in reaction to this horrible, horrible thing that happened to uh, Mr. Floyd, if the riots approached the police station, burned down the police station, that was the end of it. I'd feel, I don't know. It sounds poetic to me. <laughs> and that maybe maybe I'm very bad for saying that. Maybe, that, maybe that's an issue. But if that's where it stopped, mm-hmm. I would say, what else do you do? What else do you do? I don't know. But also, I don't know the solution. I that, don't know if that is the that, solution. That, that's but, the that's the problem, right? What do you do? What do you do when Black Lives Matter, soft protests, and t-shirt buying, and sharing Facebook posts about wanting to have a better place? What, what, what do you do when those have not been working for the past 10 years? And for the past 10 years, every month you're going on Facebook and seeing a new crazy, injustifiable, I hope that's a word, um, death to, to another black man. What do you do? You, uh, you, you, you take it to the source and, and you show them, hey, no, that's not good. And it to me, it kind of brings that whole power to the people thing. You can overthrow. But at the same time, you know, a revolution is violent. And that's nobody wants violence. No, no one else. Death and violence is not the answer. So I don't know. I don't know what's right. Yeah. It's tough. What would Naruto it's, do? It's <laughs> what would Naruto do? WWND. <laughs> Is that, that might be the podcast title right there. I'm going to write that down. WWND. <laughs> Proud of that one. I mean, I could name it as something about we discussed the riots or something. Um, get a whole bunch of hits. But You know what? You do you, man. You do you. I was, I was walking up the stairs... What do you, how do you how do you fit right into the name of a podcast? You know, let's start around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this conversation that's, was a riot. No, no, no. Let's that, do this. That, okay. That's that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of the song that's been going through my head for the past twenty four hours. Oh, I'm sure. Like, Every time there's a riot, yeah. when you think riot, and you think I don't know, any sort of art or music, it's definitely that's the only song I think. That's, that's the only Let song. the boys to the floor because it's just like madness. It's just so hype. It's number two. Joe Biden, did you see, are you familiar, are you familiar with the dancing funeral memes? No, I'm not. The four black guys carrying a coffin? Oh, yeah. Okay. Donald Trump shared on his Facebook page, and obviously we all know he runs that shit, you know, (laughs) ain't no, ain't no PR rep that he got. No, God, no. He runs that shit. He posted, or he reposted a video of Joe Biden saying, if you ain't for me and you're for Trump, you ain't black. And then that song and the dancing drops and it's like Joe Biden's name on the coffin. Uh, like no. he just crashed his campaign. It's like, like, love him or hate him. 
not saying what I feel. Definitely don't. A lot of shit really pissed me off, and I, yeah, I'm not gonna go there. Um, the meme factor and him able, just seeing him harness memes, and just seeing any boomer, <laughs> boomers in general, boomers sharing maybe. memes, it's 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 a lovely thing. <laughs> it's it's a lovely thing, and when you're when you're using, you know a what it meme, is? It's adorable. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard adorable <laughs> said for Donald Trump. Like, but I'll, I'll take like, it. Like, oh, that's cute, Trump. Man, that's like, so cute. And when you're using memes as a political attack on your opponent, it's like golden. Does it get more 2020 than that? I don't know. I mean, it's the only way to reach the young kids. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Um, do you think he's going to win again? Okay. Oh, I think he's going to smash. I think he will. He, he will absolutely dominate Joe Biden. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to destroy Joe Biden. I, he he beat Hillary by, even though the popular vote, and that, that's a little bit of a weird one, he he beat Hillary in seats by, by a decent margin. Yeah. Um, he, he did very well. I think he will destroy Joe Biden. And I think where he's going to absolutely smash him is the debates. Joe Biden is not well articulate. He... I mean, he seems Donald to, Trump isn't either, but he no, he but he takes advantage. He of has it. he uses it to his advantage. He's witty. He's <laughs> quick on his feet, and you know he may not have a great, you know, general dictionary. He may not have very literal statements, but he's at least he's there in the head. You know, I, I feel like Joe Biden, and I've seen a lot of videos of him mumbling, losing his words, not knowing what he was talking about twenty seconds ago. And and you'll, you'll ask him one question and he'll answer a different question. Like he does not seem like he's fully there. And I've seen a lot of people discussing the fact that you know he might have some sort of dementia. And you know, I'm not saying that's any worse than having Donald Trump in office. But what I'm saying is when they're debating, he is going to get eaten alive because he can get a little emotional and he can also just lose track of what he's talking about. And you know, when you're up against you know pro sales guy. Mm-hmm. Mr. Donald Trump, he, he's gonna he's gonna smash him. That's I, I think he's it's a, I think, it's a clear I, election. I think, for, for I think the Democrats yeah. de- Democrats keep shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, God. they just they can't oh. they keep kicking out the good ones. You know, I, I loved Andrew Yang. Yeah, he was maybe he's maybe he was too ahead of his time, but Andrew Yang just seems so wholehearted, <laughs> and his, his his ideas in general were, nope. Definitely very left. UBI is 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 crazy. It's just too much of a change I, for I, America too I don't, fast. I don't think. I think there's very few places that could swing UBI right now. And I don't know if you. I don't know think America's. I don't know if they're mature enough to to utilize it to utilize it properly. I don't know. I don't know how it works. All right. He knows how it works. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything he said. But Andrew Yang was seemed like he was my favorite candidate. Well, probably the reason why vote. he got kicked out is because. Uh, uh, the the DNC, uh, they make a lot of money from rich people, mm-hmm. and rich people don't want to be taxed, and mm-hmm. you've got to tax the rich people to provide UBI. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I just, I, it's hard to believe him being in power for another four years. Mm-hmm. The only little bit of like comfort I get out of it is knowing that he can't be voted in again. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what he'll try? 
I wonder what him exiting for the last... I, I wonder what he will do or what he will say or how he will try to influence upcoming elections. I just see presidents, they walk away. You know, they walk away. I feel like he will never stop. He will never stop. He will never yeah. stop tweeting. He will never stop trying yeah, to cause uproar, never stop trying to influence yeah. his opinion. I mean, you can't go anywhere from the president of the United States. Like, there's no more powerful position that you can be. Well, in the shadows, but, <laughs> you know, I know they're there. I know you're there, That's Hillary. <laughs> do you like, do you like Trudeau? What are your thoughts on Trudeau? I, I grew up very conservative and at first, like in the last, not the most previous, but the election, what, five, six years ago, five years I ago. didn't like Trudeau. It was not from a point of education, but just from a point of, you know, I guess who I was surrounded by and uh, things, things that I thought growing up, um, I'm still not the most well-versed politically, but I can say I have gained a respect for Trudeau that I didn't think I would, I was, I had, mm-hmm. um, the way he's approached the, the entire situation with this, uh, pandemic, him coming out every day, every day, announcements every day. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I just, I feel a sense of comfort that I've gotten from him. He seems to be taking the situation incredibly seriously. Um, the tone in which he speaks to the nation ha- has impressed me. The beard is sexy. And the beard is insane. The beard is great, dude. It like, changed I everything. Did, I didn't know. I didn't know what was happening. Like I didn't realize he grew one. I kind of wasn't paying attention for a while, and then I saw it. I was like, "When the fuck did this happen?" Dude, hunk. All I can think. All I can think is his advisors being like, "All right, Mr. Trudeau, you're getting the vote of the younger people, but you need the vote of the older people. You look too young for older men to respect you. You need the beard." And he grows the beard. Boom. He, he looks like a, like not not grizzled, but he looks like he has knowledge and wisdom mm-hmm. that like yeah. it's so much easier to respect. I think in a leader, you want to see, you want to look, you want to feel protected, and I feel like I felt that with him. And I think the beard definitely helps, but I, I just I, I'm very proud of of his demeanor throughout all of this. And yeah, I, I've said to say that he he may he may get my vote in the next election. We will see um, if there's a better candidate. That'd be cool. Um, otherwise, you know, he so far is, is my favorite leader amongst the parties. Um, yeah, he's gained a lot of respect for me in the past four months. I like just in general, I like, I kind of have generally liked the liberals, um, because they kind of sit in the middle Mm -hmm. of the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. They're obviously left. Yeah. Um, center left, but, uh, I like most of his policies. I like the way he respects the environment. Mm-hmm. I like the way he respects scientists. And I like the way he respects numbers yeah. and stats. Yeah. And I like that, to me, Trudeau has always seemed like someone who can... He's someone who knows that it's fucking stupid to expect one person to be able to manage 35 million people. Yeah. So he listens to his advisors. Yeah. Oh, God. That he is listens- such a That's such a contrast to down south like it's such a contrast it's crazy um uh you know i don't know if you really knew what was going on when harper was in power um with shutting down um silencing scientists um Mm -hmm. sunsetting uh you know removing funding taking away uh natural area protections Mm -hmm. um protections of lakes and rivers Mm -hmm. um all uh opening up the 
the northern BC coast for oil and gas, just mm-hmm. like all these things. Uh, they're just sad and ridiculous. There's a really good uh, CBC documentary called Silence of the Labs. Um, it's, that's, that's clever. It's pretty good. Uh, it's 45 minutes. It's free online. I highly recommend it. Um, uh, when Trudeau came into power, he reversed all that, right? And that's the biggest thing is that he listens to his advisors he listens to the stats hmm. he re restarted the long form census what's the long form the long form census is something that i think thirty-five thousand canadians are randomly selected every year and it's required by law to fill out um so it's like things anything's from like what's your household income how old are you okay what's your gender um what how far do you drive every day? What's important to you? You know, it's just, you know, it's it's a lot of questions. I think it's like 100 questions, mm-hmm. maybe more. And it's required by law that you fill out and send back. And it's just to collect a general, a general slice of what Canadians want and what's important to Canadians. Mm-hmm. And then you use that to create policy. That's really cool. Um, uh, and one of the things that really pisses me off about the pipeline is the fact that people don't understand that the truth is most Canadians don't care about it. And of the Canadians that do care about it, which fall within uh, the coastal BC communities and uh, Alberta, Albertans, the majority of them actually want the pipeline. And while I'm kind of both for and against it, um, I understand the ecological damages, um, but I also understand the need for it. The fact that people on the coast of BC are running around saying that Trudeau is not listening to us pisses me off Mm -hmm. because the numbers show that more Canadians who actually care want the pipeline. So people say, Oh, he's just pandering. Like saying, saying pandering is like, that's what you're supposed to do as a leader. You are you are an electric representative to represent the wants and the needs of the people who voted for you. And that being Canadians, mm-hmm. right? And if most Canadians want something, it is your duty to do it. Yep. Right? And a lot of people don't recognize that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he says that, well, we're, we're going to work towards green energy. But to do that, we need the money that comes from the oil sands. Okay. Fair enough. And the best argument, the best way you can describe that is the light bulb wasn't invented by light bulb light. Yeah. The light bulb was invented by candlelight. The yeah. car wasn't invented driving around cars. The car was invented by being pulled around by horses. And the electric car was invented by the guy who had to take his gasoline car to work every day. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. I get it. And if there's a long-term plan, you know, I, I, I have a lot of respect for that. I do not have much of an opinion on the pipeline. I am not well-educated on the pros and cons and the potential dangers of the pipeline um i trust that the government will make the right decision my one area of concern is obviously indigenous land i i just yeah i don't know how much it crosses i don't know how invasive it is i don't know if it's just an empty space that is actually on their land but they don't use it but they just you know don't want us going through it because you know you give an inch you give a mile and it could become a further issue i don't know um, so one of the things that was put in place by the Trudeau government mm-hmm. is uh, indigenous uh, reconciliation, and 
um, it's called the duty to consult. Mm-hmm. And every decision you make uh, that has to do around the lands of an indigenous community, mm-hmm. you need them to sign on and confirm it. Didn't the elders or the decision makers of these communities give the go-ahead? Yes. Is that, oh, okay, I had remembered hearing this. So the thing is, the reason why all those protests were happening a few months ago where they're blocking trains and highways and mm-hmm. stuff was because um, there's uh, elected officials with the communities mm-hmm. and then there's hereditary chiefs. There's elected chiefs and hereditary chiefs. Okay. The elected chiefs signed on to the Northern Gateway pipeline. Mm. Um, also, I should also say that um, the northern coast is completely shut down. You can't go past a certain point and bring in tankers and oil. It is illegal. And that's something else that Trudeau did as soon as he got into power. Nobody ever talks about that. Mm-hmm. They also never talk about the fact that Trudeau, um, when he first started his job, uh, three pipeline proposals were put on his desk. One was a new pipeline and one was an expansion. He shot down the, the new ones and said, okay, we'll expand on this one. Right, because if he said no to the uh, all three of them, then the Albertans would be pissed. So he has to please the Albertans. But he said to yes to the new ones, and all the British Columbians would be pissed. So instead of people being like, "Oh, you're making both parties happy," people are just like, "Oh, you're making both parties angry." So now everybody's angry at him, um, which is dumb. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, the hereditary chiefs, they were like, "We don't want this," but the elected chiefs, they signed on. Um, a lot of people, a lot of them were like, this is going to bring jobs into our communities. Um, it's it's going to be very helpful. And in fact, the elected chief for one of the communities, I think there was two main chiefs, uh, or the hereditary chief for one of the community who was one of the leaders of this whole like protest, the pipeline, ran against uh, the, the, the individual who was elected, mm-hmm. right? The hereditary chief he ran on the platform that he was going to stop the pipeline. Okay. Whereas the guy who was elected ran yeah. on the platform that he was for the pipeline. Okay. So he was voted in on the platform that he was going to be for the pipeline. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how many people just don't know that angle. Most. I'd, yeah. It's most. And I feel like <laughs> so, so much conversation goes on online and, you know, family dinners and, mm-hmm. you know, but how many of these people actually have, and myself included in the lump sum, actually have a well-educated opinion? Very few. And I wish people just had the facts more. But because social media is so bloated and we, re- we re- read headlines and we have not even a surface level understanding mm-hmm. of, of issues. I mean, know? I don't... I, I, I... I don't even have a surface level. Oh, I'd say you have a surface level. You understand. Right. You can you can explain. You have four or five bullet points, <laughs> while we have you know half a bullet point of information. So and, you know my job. Four or five is better than one. Every day I deal with uh, uh, indigenous um, waters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's is it tastier? <laughs> <laughs> it ha- it has wisdom to it. Um, <laughs> So basically, you know, if we want to change something about uh, the way fish are harvested, um, fisheries opening and closures within these certain areas that treaties have been signed or claimed by indigenous people, we have to spend the time coming to an agreement on that area. 
And until that agreement is made, legally written into legislature, we are not allowed to do anything on that area, right? So much time and money, and I'm talking millions of dollars, goes into consulting with the nations. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's good. We should be doing that. But the thing is, I hear so many people touting, mostly white people, by the way, reconciliation is dead. Uh, mm-hmm. It's never going to happen. Like, we, do, we treat them with disrespect and distrust. Like We beat them down. Yes, there's still a lot of issues out there. Mm-hmm. But we are, the government spends so much time and so much money mm-hmm. trying to do right. And, uh, you know, like I said, you just can't make decisions. And the other thing, too, is there's a lot of overlap between indigenous lands and indigenous rights. Um, so if you want to make a decision on an area that three or four different nations have claimed to that land, mm-hmm. you have to consult each one of those nations. Holy moly, that's a lot. So, and remember, these are nations. Like, imagine trying to deal with four countries. Yep. And granted, a lot of the time, they have the same opinions, the same needs, the same requirements. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they form uh, associations. So um, they have, like, one person from each. They get together, they make a decision, and then they take that decision as a unit mm-hmm. back to the government. Yeah. That, that happens. Um, but there, there's... Uh, there's a lot of work and a lot of time that goes into it, and um, it's 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 part of my job to to uh, help with those processes. Okay. Anyways, that's really cool. Um, and it's just you know you you hear I just hear people shouting and it's just like you just don't know. Um, are you have I ever told you about um, the? I've talked about it several times on the podcast about the the elephant rider i won't say it, elephant rider fallacy um but uh, the elephant rider uh metaphor it does not ring a bell okay so the elephant rider metaphor is that um in africa and in india they often use elephants to do large jobs yeah um for example pulling logs through the woods and, yeah you know logging um and there is a little man on top of the elevator, uh, elevator. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> on top of the elephant. Yeah. Uh, driving the elephant uh, through the forest. Okay. And he says, all right, elephant, let's go left. And the elephant goes left. And he says, all right, elephant, let's go forward. Let's stop. Let's go right. And the elephant does what he wants. All right. Now we all think, then the elephant's on top of the right. The, fuck. The rider's on top of the elephant going, I'm in control of this elephant. Yeah. But in all reality, that elephant can do whatever the hell it wants. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a teeny tiny man. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's a giant elephant. In this metaphor, uh, the elephant... Well, I guess the proper metaphor is that the elephant has already made the decision that it's going to do that. Mm-hmm. And the man's just like, okay, yes. I." And sometimes, sometimes that maybe the man says, go left, and the elephant goes right. And then the man goes... Okay, yes, that's that's also acceptable, mm-hmm. right? Um, in this metaphor, uh, the elephant is our emotions and our decision-making, mm-hmm. and the man is our reasoning. People mm. make decisions and then justify them. 
Yeah. They rationalize them. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there's a book that my dad keeps telling me to read. And I haven't read yet that this comes from. It's called um, The Righteous Mind. Yeah. The author has been on Joe Rogan a few times. Okay. Um, and it's it's very much about how people grow up and how people uh, justify how people have a left leaning mind and a right leaning mind um, and how they, you know, go through decision making. Uh, and that's that's just kind of how it is it's most people uh, and we're all guilty of it I'm guilty of it um, you rationalize your th- your your thoughts um, you don't use uh, logic to make yeah. decisions generally you've made the decision like there there have been experiments where um, they hook people up to electrodes mm-hmm. and uh, they they say, okay, we're going to show you an image. We're going to show you two images, and we want you to pick one. Just pick one. doesn't matter. Just pick one. Um, and they can track the decision in the mind, in the brain. It's made long before they know which one they're going to press, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, you, you have the time of when it's pressed, and then you can track it back versus um, when the things, the electrodes start lighting up on the brain. So, and then that goes into the whole argument that free will doesn't exist because that's, that's not an argument I would ever accept whether it's true or not. I would always, I mean, it's not really something you can prove one way or the other, but, um, every decision you ever make is based off of every is based off of every experience you've had before. Damn. Yeah. Right. And whether that means you grew up in a household where you were abused or uh, you went to school in a private school, whether you're religious or not religious, it all plays into it. But that decision you made is was made because you are who you are. Yeah. It's not a decision like... The decision to say, no, I'm not going to do drugs, isn't a decision that you made because you chose to make that decision. Yeah. No, I, I, I see what you mean. And yeah. No, that that makes sense. That makes sense theoretically. And I guess it makes sense practically. It's it's kind of a hard concept to wrap your, your head around. And yeah. I, I get it. Um, I don't like it. Mm. Uh, but like, you know, I there there are some people out there who are uh, people who get up and go. Mm-hmm. Right? And they make the decision. They're like, I'm sick of living this life. I'm, you know, I want to do this and they get up and they go do it. Mm. Um, but that is a factor of the dis, the unhappiness from the life. That is an, uh, a, uh, a factor of the experience that they've had, which kind of leads to, I don't know. I'm losing my words here. I'm, I'm, I'm pinching my words, but <laughs> that aligns with the statement you made that everything we do is for the reason of. All the experience All we have the experiences. Yeah. That that aligns with that statement. Yeah. And then you consider that with the whole elephant rider thing and like nobody's really in control of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's why I think meditation is really important. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, we talked about meditation on the previous podcast and I had uh I have not I have not meditated. I uh, I have trouble don't. meditating. Uh, I've tried meditating. If I am not home alone, I cannot meditate. Just because there's a lot of noise? 
noise and I just feel a disturbance in the aura. Hmm? It's weird, but I, for me, it's there. And it's focus very, on it's that disturbance. Real. Yeah, you know, maybe that's the way to go. I that's, just that's I never tried to tackle. I've never tried to. So the key is to the key is to find whatever it is that's bothering you, and just look at it. Mm-hmm. Mentally look at it. Mm-hmm. Don't try to change it. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to push it away. Don't try to pull in closer. Mm-hmm. Just see what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The loudness is a factor as I do live with five other people. Um, but, you know, get my own place soon or, or Julia and I's own place soon and that may change. I'm still doing cold showers. Good. And I'm still getting up at a decent time every morning. I've, I've been, what time do you get up? Uh, usually about six or six thirty. That's that's good. Yeah, not not five as I was previously aiming for, but um, at this time of year, it's a lot easier. Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, what else? Cold showers. Oh my god, every day. I I every have, day. I have not been doing cold showers. No, it's, this it's, time of year, it's, it's easier to do cold showers. <laughs> what uh, diet has gone up and down and down and up? Uh, the last two weeks, I've been eating super clean i would drink a shit ton of water and like when i wake up in the morning i don't even need coffee like i feel super good mm. and i think one of the biggest things is just so much water and just eating clean if it's not real and real is a little subjective like i eat cheese sometimes or I buy those like pre-made boxes with a couple crackers it got ham and <laughs> it's got cheese got grapes but you know it's realer than you know relying on protein bars and and eating fucking pizza and fucking shit do you eat a lot of vegetables? Fries. I eat a lot of vegetables. That's I eat like if I can't find a vegetable, I'll just eat a pepper hole. Oh, I do it all. Zucchini. Do you have hummus? I uh, don't have. I hummus, hummus is the per hummus. That's a game changer. <laughs> That's a game changer. Sarah, <laughs> where where the hummus at? Sarah, can you bring us some hummus and veggies? <laughs> what a homie! You're a homie. Let me tell you, hummus and veggies. Change your life. You can get a big bucket of it for $8 at Superstore. Mm, that's a good way to go. Yeah, I'm going to have to figure out how to snack well and snack on a budget because, yeah, I'm moving out. And I'm going to have that, to be, like, completely independent. The, the other thing that Sarah and I do, um, you make salads at home? <laughs> or do you just buy salads? No, I don't, I don't do salads. You don't do salads? I don't do salads. Like, do for veggies? me... Um, I just chop up broccoli, carrots. I I usually do a fry up. It doesn't have to have anything in it. Maybe a little bit of like saucer seasoning. Yeah. Um, but I, my go tos are yeah carrots, broccoli, peppers. Sometimes like zucchini. Um, and then like tomatoes, not usually in like cherry tomatoes. And put those up in a pan. Fry them up for a bit. A little bit of sauce. Mm. Yeah, I don't do cooked veggies. I like, I like cooked veggies. I like my veggies raw. Um, Probably healthier. Uh, in some nutri- aspects, nutri- um, keeps the nutrients. A lot of uh, a lot of the vitamins and minerals that come from uh, vegetables are uh, not heat resistant. You don't mm. have to chop them up for us, Sarah. <laughs> Homie. Um. Uh. They're they're not. Um, they're very heat sensitive. They break down with heat. Okay. Um, so uh, it's 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 good to have some raw veggies mixed in there. Okay. Um, well, I like eating peppers just as a pepper. I don't even know what's in a pepper. I don't know so what the, the a red thing, pepper gives me. The thing you want to look like for apple. is color. You want to get lots of different colors. 
different colors provide different phytonutrients. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the different photo, uh, the different um, chlorophylls, basically, yeah. is what gives them the different colors. Okay. And so, you know, what Sarah and I do is we make a giant salad. It's, you get a head of um, romaine lettuce, because iceberg lettuce is trash. Romaine lettuce, it has a lot of, uh, it's, it's a leafy green. Okay. Uh, and you chop that up. Just give it a rinse, chop it up, throw it in a bowl. We make a giant bowl, so you only have to make a salad once every three or four days. Okay. Um, a couple peppers, a couple cucumbers. Uh, we do uh, a little bit of red cabbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually peppers of several different colors, mm-hmm. um, if you can. Uh, tomatoes. Thank you. Did you put good spice on it? I saw an ad for Good Spice today. What? Hold on. Uh-oh. <laughs> what was the spelling? We created our own spice. We call it Good Spice with a U and an umlaut and a T. I think someone took your idea and is making a lot of money off of it. What is... <laughs> Good Spice? It was like... I saw this advert on Instagram today. It was like... A repost of a customer's a testimonial and he's like man this changed being able to lose weight for me because i can eat raw veggies put this like seasoning on it and it's like dessert to me i'm pretty sure it was that's, that's what good spice is here here just Yo. before before have this have this cucumber you guys were like a year too late <laughs> sorry have, you guys missed out your million dollars have, have that cucumber with that little that little bit of seasoning on it <laughs> oh dude <laughs> I'd say good spice is uh the best way to describe this man that mm. now is this like a secret herbs and spices thing you could never share with me or can you uh, I'll, I'll give it to you me? I'll oh, give it to you off, okay. off air for sure I've given it to a friend um, so we always put it on our salads. Like we make the salad and we serve it. We put it on our salads. Um, a little bit of onion, pickle, uh, a can of beans. A can of beans will always add protein. Do it. <laughs> you I'm can't sorry. stop, Sarah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm a happy boy. Yeah, you can eat these instead of chi- like you just slice up some cucumber and sprinkle it as like chips. Oh, dude. Funk yeah. <clears throat> we, um, we put good spice on everything. Salad, anything we cook, doing a stir fry, good spice. Nachos, good spice. Mm-hmm. The eggs, good spice. Okay, my girlfriend, she's vegan. Um, she challenges me a lot on eggs. I don't eat them every morning. Maybe two times, two times a week I'll have them for breakfast. Um, Just get farm-raised eggs. Not on the ethics, but the the nutrition of eggs. Of course, the ethics are always a conversation, but cholesterol, high cholesterol. No, no, that's all bullshit. I. (laughs) And you know, obviously, I need to do my own research because you're saying one thing, she's saying the other. And like to just give my opinion to somebody without actually trying to find science because I know I feel like you're about to <laughs> spill that out on me, the science. But I need to, you know, obviously look at okay, the situation myself. So but. first of all, 
all the nutrients are in the yolk. So people who are eating egg whites and dumping the yolk, you're just you're getting the protein, but you're not getting any of the omega threes, omega sixes, all the really um, the good fats, mm -hmm. right? Second of all, there's high density. There's L HDL and LDL. High density. I don't remember what the third L is, but it's lipoprotein. High density lipoprotein, which is cholesterol. Um, a lipoprotein is a fat connected to a protein molecule. And that's okay. What, that's what your cholesterol is, right? Mm -hmm. And you need cholesterol to survive. Mm -hmm. Your cell walls, well, not cell walls, cell membranes are made of, uh, they, they have cholesterol in them to keep them fluid. Because mm -hmm. if you don't have them, when you get cold, they freeze. Anyway, high density, it's the low density cholesterol that's dangerous. But to manage low density cholesterol, you need the high density cholesterol, right? Mm -hmm. um, high, you, if you're only eating things with just low density cholesterol, um, highly processed meats, um, processed foods, that's where the problem comes from. Eggs, I believe, are the only food that your body can eat, that you eat, that your body can digest 100%. If you only ate eggs, you would not poop. I understand. I can just looking at the structure of an egg that makes sense to me. It seems like something that would just dis dis dissipates yeah. in the body. I think it's another thing, it's and that's when I look at my food. I think of often when I look at my meals throughout the day and I plan out my just what I'm going to eat. I'm like, if I put that all in a, and I don't know if this is like smart to strong way to think of it. If I put that all in a, um, like jar of acid, how would that process? How would that melt? Like if I'm filling it with bread and crackers, man, that shit's not good. Mm -hmm. But if I'm filling it with like real food, vegetables, you know, like oh, a nice steak, not a, not a big steak, just a nice cut of steak. Mm -hmm. So like I, I, I like it on the smaller side. Just I, I don't I don't have steak very often. Mm -hmm. I've got a friend that works at um, Hopcots, mm -hmm. uh, and every now and then I get some, some nice steaks from him. And like you know, maybe once or twice a month, Sarah and I'll have a steak. It just feels so. I've had the pleasure of meeting Miss Jennifer Hopscott. <laughs> it was great. Anyway, continue. Real food. Yeah. Real food better than bread. Yeah. That's well, it. I mean, I make my own bread. Have I ever given you my homemade bread? No. Okay, next time you well, come over. I have over, not gotten your bread yet. Next time you come over, I'll make a fresh batch of bread, and you're going to have some of my homemade bread. Okay. Um, uh, well, I mean, so the thing is, you can eat bread. You can eat whole whole wheat, whole grain foods. Um, one of the things I found with eating veggies, especially if you start with a salad before you eat anything else, is you cannot eat to the pain threshold because the vegetables create like a scaffolding in your stomach. So like when you eat meat and rice and cheese, it just creates a wet cement in your stomach. Mm -hmm. So you hit a point where you're, when your stomach digests, it squeeze, it contracts, right? You have mechanical digestion in your teeth where you chew it up and then you swallow and that continues to happen in your stomach while it's being chemically digested. Yeah. If you've pumped it full of this wet cement of carbs and protein, mm -hmm. there is no space for it to contract. There's nothing left. But because vegetables have cellulose in them and they've got like a structure, there will always be gaps that allows your stomach to compress right? mm. so that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why you don't feel like you're in incredible pain after eating a whole lot of veggies because your stomach can still do its thing mm. um but also yes that's it's a fair way to think about things 
you put anything in a jar of acid and will be digested mm-hmm. right that's just how it is um i just think of like think of i think of my body like i think of a car like if, if you were putting gas into a car and the gas has leaves and a little bit of dirt a little bit of like <laughs> water mixed into it like your car's gonna run but after you know 15 years that car's gonna be having serious issues like that car has not been having good fuel going through it Think of your body's the same way. Like you can eat like shit for a couple days, but if you're eating processed, tons of processed stuff, White half bread. the words on the labels you can't pronounce. Prepackaged stuff, yeah, prepackaged food. Like man, over sixty years, that's going to be detrimental. Oh yeah. And I want to think of my body as you know a temple and feed it the best possible. That that that's the thing that a lot mm-hmm. of people forget is you're you are what you eat. You're made of what you eat. And if you're only giving yourself sugar, um, sugar and processed foods, that's what your body's going to become. Mm-hmm. You can track, you can track what type of plant or what type of plant that molecules come from, um, like a carbon molecule, for example, because certain plants will only incorporate certain isotopes of uh, of an atom. Right? Do you know what isotope is? Bruh. Okay. Like grade 11 science. I don't remember what isotope it's, it's, is. It's very simple. It's very simple. Every atom has a certain number of protons and neutrons, right? Yes. Okay. I remember. And, and electrons. Uh, you don't consider electrons because they don't weigh anything. Neutron, But protons and neutrons, they have a weight. They have a mass. Yes. Um, so the most common form of carbon is carbon-12. Okay. It has atomic mass of 12. It's got, it's got 12, 12 protons, I think. Okay. Something like that. I'm not. It's not exactly that, but that's all you need to know. Uh, uh, an isotope is just. It either has more or less uh, neutrons or protons. Mm-hmm. Um, it just protons, I think. Anyway, it's got a slightly different number of those subatomic particles. Okay. Right. And you can tell by, by how much they weigh. It's all starting to ring a bell, but yes. Yes, no, I do, I and do remember. And certain plants only incorporate certain types because they've got different charges and you need those different charges to mm-hmm. go through these biochemical processes. Mm-hmm. So you can track where the carbon in a human body comes from. And in America, most humans, 50% of their carbon comes from corn. Whether that's corn syrup, corn starch, corn flour... Mm. Everything they're eating comes from corn. That's not good. Corn's not a vegetable. Corn's a starch. Corn. Corn. corn what is corn? Corn is a fruit. Corn. What the? Frick? Corn is a grain. Corn is a grain. Corn is a grain. Corn is a grass, and you're eating the seed. Wow. Yeah. So wait, does that wait? Do you see that make corn? Is that corn's a vegetable? So, it's. No, it's, it's okay. like a tomato so, debate. So no, okay. So a fruit is is something that has seeds in it. Yes. A pepper is a fruit. A tomato is a fruit. A cucumber is a fruit.
Oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> that's the podcast title. Oh. <laughs> okay, a vegetable is uh, something that comes from, it's called the vegetal part of the plant, <laughs> um, which is the part of the plant that is non-reproductive. Okay. Um, so, uh, celery would be a vegetable. Um I think broccoli would be a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then a grain is a seed. It's just it's just the seed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's I think that's that's what corn would be. Corn would be considered a grain, mm. but it's mostly just sugar. Yeah, <laughs> we've you know selectively bred them for so long to just be gross and sweet. Oh. Good and sweet. The corn is delicious. Corn, corn is on the so cob good. is amazing. Oh my God. Sarah and I went camping and we had like a grill over the fire and you just take corn on the cob while it's still on the leaves and just throw it over the coals and you just flip it every few minutes and just oh so good. It comes prepackaged like the best fire food that I've had is that's in Australia. You can buy kangaroo at the supermarket just like you could buy a steak yeah. or a chicken. Yeah. And th- I never had kangaroo before and got a lean cut toss it on a just like a little grill that we had propped over top of the fire and that was so good it was, it's nice and lean every time i go camping i'm only i'm always going to take steaks with me it's yeah. such an easy dinner yeah it's easy it's fun you just you feel like a man you do <laughs> making steaks on a fire oh man man i am uh I am super excited to get out camping again. I haven't done good camping in a long time, but I best been... believe I want to do anything outside of like the box that we call houses. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Got to get back to it. That is my we, like. We we sign that zoo contract every day. Come home. Yeah. We live in a box. We have the option we to do. go out. We but, do. Yeah. Weird society's weird. So I guess it's just how we've evolved. But ah oh, man, like I I don't. You, you people can't forget, and I think we get lost in this matrix that we live in. You know, the, the world is huge. I think of the, you know, Skyrim, mm-hmm. Skyrim map. You, when you start the map, you have like, you know, when you're ten minutes in the game, you have like three or four of the little mm-hmm. pins on the map. But after playing Skyrim for like three hundred hours, like my little <laughs> brother, um, there's pins everywhere. Mm-hmm. Pins everywhere. I think of the world as that map, mm-hmm. right? And within your if you only stay in what? So what's the Winterfell? No, that's that's Game of Thrones. I'm mixing, mixing genres here. Um, anyways, if you only stay in one city, you're only gonna White have White Run. White Run. Thank you. Thank I've you. never played that game if, before. If you you never played Skyrim? Never played Skyrim. Man, it's like there's a map right there if you want to look at it underneath that silver yeah. thing. If you only have explored this one area, you there is, you've only explored five percent of the game. You know, the world's a game if, if you want to look at it that way, and you've. Some people will live their whole life, think they've lived their whole life, but you've never explored more than 3%, not even, of what the world has to offer. And that's why travel to me is more important than going to college because I need to experience different cultures. I need to see the world. And I want to see just yeah. British Columbia. There's, oh, so, there's much so much in BC to see. Yeah. Like I've already been camping three times this mm-hmm. year. <laughs> Lucky. I got a car. I got a car that is off-road capable. And I've just been going out and camping. It's been great. I spent a few days out in the Kootenays. 
when we were going to go up to 100 mm-hmm. my house mm-hmm. and we ended up not doing that um yeah camping is amazing and um, it's it's good for the soul man it's like a good dopamine detox like it's like we've got a friend who went camping with us and uh she does not camp she's been camping like two or three times in her life mm-hmm. and the whole we had cell reception where we were camping and the whole time she was on her phone she had to charge it we were there for three nights and she had to charge her phone yeah and it's just like it's not the point like you don't get it's it and she's like i'm gonna lose my streaks on my apps my daily streaks i can't believe i ever used to i mean i, I do believe it because i was in high school but i can't believe i used to hold any value that, that held value in my life <laughs> A Snapchat streak. Yeah. It's crazy to me. And like, I feel like people who, I feel like there's so many people, maybe majority of people that will not escape that in their life. Mm-hmm. That That is their reality. And to me, it's like, that is not good for the soul. That is not no. the life that we are meant to live. And this, yeah, this technology has really gripped us yeah. very quickly, very suddenly. And we don't know it. So many people don't know it. It well, just, like, you just, you know, you hear people, they're depressed, they're full of anxiety, and it's like, they spend so much time. And I mean, I've, I've, I've voiced my thoughts on depression, anxiety on this podcast a lot, and I, I recognize that I come from a place of, uh, of, of privilege. I come from, like, a very well-put-together household. Uh, my parents are very well-off. Um, I attribute that largely to the fact that they didn't have kids until they were in their late 30s. Um but you know i when i hear about depression and anxiety i ask when was the last time you spent any amount of time in the woods Mm -hmm. on a mountain without your phone when was the last time you got out and you had a good workout like like not 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 like a five even like like, you know what even a 10 minute run but like something that really kicks your ass yeah right where you work it out because Mm -hmm. we were built as animals to always be alert mm-hmm. right to immediate dangers mm-hmm. predators um, finding food finding water now those dangers have extended into mortgages grades tests <clears throat> relation well relationships are always a thing but like um, car payments mm-hmm. a lot of it surrounds money but like there have been so many studies that show just getting out into green spaces so good for your mental health yeah right i definitely think a lot of yeah i also come from a place of privilege but depression and anxiety and you know the form is not through a pill the cure is not through a pill the cure is through changes in your habits Mm -hmm. changes in your routine and a lot of that is grounding yourself with earth and escaping the matrix that we know as our day-to-day life Mm -hmm. and realizing that that is not, you know, how th- we so we've changed so society's changed so much in a hundred years, but our genetics haven't. Yeah, and that is definitely I would I will, I can confidently say the core of the issue. And, mm-hmm. and the response to that is like, well, being depressed or being anxious mm-hmm. literally means not being able to get out and do get out and do things. Mm-hmm. It's like great, get on your pill, use that to give you the boost you need to get out. Um, but like, and it also comes back to what we're talking about, like your diet. Mm-hmm. How are you eating? What are you using to fuel your body? Are you using shit to fuel your body? Right? Mm-hmm. Are you 
eating white flour, simple carbohydrates, uh, mm. processed meats, mm -hmm. or are you getting a variety of colors and fresh veggies? Mm. You know, like, and it's so good. Like, I know so many people in their mid to late twenties who tell me they don't like vegetables, and I think, are you five? Like. <laughs> I just, I don't know what the right response to that is. You say, sorry, dude. I'm sorry that you are who you are. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> like, you know, you know, like, the, like the three tenets of living healthy, diet, exercise, and sleep. Mm -hmm. If you can hit all three of those, mentally and physically, you are going to be Head and tails above everybody. The else. best thing you can do for your happiness is discipline. Mm -hmm. That's something that I don't think a lot of people like learn, and I think it's so so simple but so true. Discipline is the best way you can love yourself. Loving yourself, it has its place, but loving yourself isn't you know smoking a joint with a you know bucket of Ben and Jerry's ice cream with your titties hanging out every <laughs> every night of the week. That is not self love. You know, self-love is disciplining yourself, getting to the gym five nights a week, getting yourself in shape, eating healthy, because because you you will feel so much better for mm -hmm. it. Yeah. You will love your life and you love yourself something. so much better for it. You are going to reward yourself financially because you're a, just a, you, I mean, usually just a better person, a happier person, a more capable person if you're disciplined. A, a more focused person. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the best form of, of. Self-help, self-love is discipline. Discipline. And it's hard to moms. It's really hard to break that break that um that circle, that spiral that we get stuck in. There's a but lot of can, there's a good. lot of people that run away from struggle. Mm -hmm. Anything that is slightly uncomfortable, they run away from it. Mm -hmm. But as humans, we need struggle. There's this really good quote. And maybe I'll bring it up. I won't bring it up. I'll just um, paraphrase from Charles Darwin. Uh, and he says, certainly uh, any creature uh, that does not have some sort of pressure on it uh, would cease to exist. I need to pull this up because I'm totally butchering it. I feel like I know where you're trying to come from, but I feel like Mr. Darwin may have spoken it a little better. Let me. It's it's specifically on his uh, theory of evolution. It specifically has to do that. The amount of tabs that you have open this is, is not this is this is Sarah, and it hurts me. It hurts. It hurts me. It gigahertz me. <laughs> that was a bad pun. Um, I'm just gonna pause the recording for one second while I search this up, so there's not empty space. I understand. All right, so here we go. Um, this is a quote from Charles Darwin in the beginning of the third chapter of his book. Struggle for existence inevitably follows from the high rate at which all organic beings tend to increase. Every being which during its natural lifetime produces several eggs or seeds must suffer destruction during some period of its life. And during some season or occasional year, otherwise, on the principle of a geometrical increase, its numbers would quickly become so inordinately great that no country could support the product. 
Hence, as more individuals are produced than can possibly survive, there must be, in every case, a struggle for existence, either one individual with another of the same species, or with individuals of distinct species, or with the physical conditions of life. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to, because I had time to actually write this down, um, instead of just saying it on a podcast, I'm going to read what I wrote, Yes. following that up. I find this pretty powerful for reasons other than the world is catching on fire because there's too many of us. If you want to survive, if you want to push ahead of the pack, if you want to succeed, you have to struggle. If that struggle isn't laid bare in front of you, you have to go out and find it. It doesn't matter if it is, it doesn't matter what it is and will likely be different for everyone. It could be facing your fear of heights. It could be talking to the person you like. It could be going for a run, climbing a mountain, learning ski, or actually utilizing that gym membership you've been paying for. And if you're not facing struggle, if you're drifting through the day-to-day, taking life as it comes to you, you'll fall out of existence. You'll become another faceless head on your favorite anime and drift into the world of domestication. Like Darwin said, as more individuals are produced than can possibly survive, there must, in every case, be a struggle for existence. That's deep. But I think think one thing that I take from that is that if you're not struggling... If you're not pushing, if you're not climbing, if you're not grinding, you know, against a pressure, pressures can be positive, you know, yeah. a, a, a pressure that's working that you had to work against can be a positive thing. But if you're, and, and I feel a lot of people find the people who find the most purpose in life or the happiest are climbing towards something. Yes. And I feel like that, that can fall underneath that struggle definition. Mm-hmm. That struggle can be just about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're not struggling, you're not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you're and just then floating. You're just, you're just another person, right? Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not succeeding. Mm-hmm. And you cease to exist. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of one of the things that terrifies me the most is just, which, you know, kind of why I start this podcast, is just kind of being just another person, mm-hmm. I think, which inevitably everybody will be just another person. Um, doesn't matter if you're Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. You're mm-hmm. still just at the end of the day, depending on what time scale or geological scale you want to look at, you're just another person. Yeah. And I was talking about this with Sarah the other day. I think there are a lot of people out there who they they get they get their 9 to 5 job, they get comfortable in their apartment or their house. Um they they get those things and then they don't have anything that they want to chase after anymore. Yeah. They don't have um they they don't have a goal they don't have something that is going to be difficult to get anymore yeah. right uh they they've gone quote the american dream where they can you know they 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 can live basically mm-hmm. they can comfortably live yeah um and i think that's often when people decide to get married or people decide to have kids mm-hmm. um i think it's because they're like, well, what do I do now? And instead of, there's this thing I've always wanted to do. Instead of, that looks cool. It's, guess mm-hmm. I'll get married. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll have a kid. Yeah. That kid seems like a thing that'll be hard to do. Yeah. Right. And I think for me, because I've, there's so many things I want to do in life, mm-hmm. the idea of like having a kid or getting married is like scary isn't the right word, but so unappealing. Mm-hmm. Right, because I got so much other shit on mm-hmm. my plate. Right, 
And that's a fine way to feel. And that's that's I feel the same way. Because that cute little shit <laughs> that cute little shit that that will be my kid is going to in, in, inevitably strip away or at least put a huge obstacle between me and my dreams. Mm-hmm. And me and my goals. And there's room for both in my life. I just need to plan accordingly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's... But that is a challenge I'm very excited for. Parenting. I am I am very excited to start a family. It's not something I want to do anytime soon. <laughs> but I... I go through waves. I'm very excited for that, that, that phase of my life. I go through... Well, like, I'm... I'm, I'm getting to be... I mean, Sarah's almost, Sarah's in her late 20s now. Mm-hmm. I'm almost in my late 20s. Mm-hmm. It's getting to the age where, like, if our friends have babies, it's like, yeah, that sounds like the right age to have a kid, mm-hmm. right? You know? I don't think there's any shame for, for me and what I thought, like, waiting till you're 35. That's, yeah. that's for some people, there's, that's old. There's also this misconception that after 35, women won't be able to have babies anymore. Menopause. Who, who, who said that? Th- like this whole ticking clock. Oh my clock. Yes, you're gonna eventually hit menopause. Yes, that is a thing that happens. But if you take care of yourself, if you eat right, if you exercise, if you're a healthy person, you you easily go into your mid forties, late forties, mid fifties. Yeah. Like this whole idea that you can't have kids and after like your mid thirties comes from like a bad survey that was done in rural France in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. Like. It's, I don't know. I think, I think there's too many things to do in the world before having kids that like, I mean, and if your dream is to start a family, then that's, you know, a more power to you. Mm-hmm. But like, when you're like 20, like, you, like yeah. you don't know who you are when yeah. you're 20. Yeah. You have no idea. Your mm-hmm. brain isn't fully developed. Mm-hmm. Like. You haven't experienced enough things mm-hmm. to understand how to take care of yourself. Yeah. Let alone another human. Mm-hmm. And there's this there's this tendency to dissociate babies from humans, right? Yeah. But you're sent you're building a human. Yeah. Right? You're creating mm-hmm. a human. Yeah. And if you don't have the tools that you need, like if you're if you're trying to build like a marble sculpture mm-hmm. and all you have is a paintbrush, you're not gonna get very far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, you need time to acquire that tool set. Yeah, to understand. Definitely. Oh, life! When you look at life, that word, does it excite you or does it scare you? It excites me. I love life. I love being alive. I'm in the same boat. I, I, I want to experience all the things, and that's my problem. I've got, I've got commitment issues in the, in the sense that when I start doing something, I refuse to quit. Yeah. That's why I'm two years into jujitsu now, and I'm real bad at it, and I keep going. <laughs> Fair enough, but you love it. I love it. That's so good. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, we should call it. It's real fucking late, man. I've, I've, very, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. This was, I'm so glad one. that I, this is this is the night that I had. Um, sure beats another night of freaking Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for having me. Handshake is assumed. You know, yes. social distancing yes. and all. Thank you for and coming. To the tens of viewers out there, I hope you're having a great day. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for joining me, Deontay. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. Always. We always have fantastic discussions. Uh, I'm glad you could come here. Did you have any other notes in your notebook that you wanted to quickly? Now we cover that in the first 15. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I'm glad you could come in these.
trying times and express your opinions and sit down and talk with me even though mm-hmm. they may have differed from each other i think we were fairly similar on this oh i think we're i think we're fairly similar and even if we, there are ever issues we disagree you know we disagree the right way we, uh, we talk uh, about it uh, like I, I want you to apologize to julia for me for <laughs> well, get, she'll, she'll she'll have her listen. Getting, get your message. getting uh, does she listen to these when you're on? She'll listen to this one. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna sure. be like, you gotta listen to this one. Oh yeah, the audio's the audio's all there this time. It's all there this time. All right. It well, be. thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining me, Deontay. Yeah, man. And actually, this time we kind of had a little bit of a a little bit of a uh, supportive. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, We we actually talked about not wasting your days. We talked about going out there and getting it, getting after it, the yeah. struggle. So this was a good time, man. So, as always, and as we finish on this time, stop wasting those days. <laughs>